Hello, everyone. It is December the 30th of 2020. Welcome to Weekly Manga Recap. It is our last regular episode of the year. Come on, Nick, let's do it together. Anymore without that sweet Cobra Kai remake. Oh, it's so good. (laughs) It's why it's stuck in my head. I've been watching the trailer over and over again, mostly just for that moment. It's the best version of that stupid song that I've ever heard. (laughs) It makes me so excited for the new year, Nick. I am so excited for this year to be done. And like, normally I'm I'm one of the pessimistic people, and I still am. Who's just like, look, the new year doesn't really like change anything. It's a pretty arbitrary, clean slate when you get right down to it. Uh, a lot of the problems that we had with this year are systemic and are not going to just change because a number on a calendar is different. But I want to believe so. And also Cobra Kai season three. And it's really those are the two things keeping me going at the moment. Um, I have to say, yeah, I, I mean... This year was not as hard for me as it was for a lot of other people. Mm-hmm. I'm fortunate that I'm at a point in my life in a lot of different ways where the effects that everything had on my life were not nearly as drastic as they could have been. Uh, it was very upsetting, though, to see the way that people's lives were getting worse this year. Um, and uh, like the, the number of people that, you know, we've had to do like in memoriam stuff for it's been really bad and then uh-huh. like a whole like this past week like a half dozen more have been going through news feeds and stuff it's like god it sucks <laughs> it's just like getting all the last little bits in as people are like yay we made it and it's like well hold on there's a little bit more bad <sighs> yeah. news i gotta give you but no for some reason this stretch to christmas to the end of the year has just been like well we're gonna be a little unrelenting i guess mm-hmm in America, at least, uh, it feels like most of the month of November was actually pretty good. You know, it kind of like gave us the whole like, yay, things are going to not be as bad anymore. And I think that that kind of gave us some momentum to like push through a bunch of stuff without a whole bunch of it weighing us down. And then it's like, OK, that feeling has kind of faded. And it's like, all oh, right, we're still in the midst of everything that was here. We've got to work hard and get out of it. But Chris let's let's try to be positive let's talk about manga <laughs> let's you know what if i'm being entirely honest i think that for our show and for the stuff that we've been doing this has been one of the better years uh-huh. that we have had i have had some wonderful times talking about stuff with you we have talked about some very memorable manga yes. some very memorably bad and wonderful too uh, we have gotten closer to our community uh, in a lot of different ways. It's, you know, this has made me realize how f- very fortunate we have to have you guys watching, not, you know, a number of you watching, but like the very specific people that all of you are. It has made me realize how incredibly fortunate we are that we are able to, you know, just kind of share our stuff that we love with you guys. Yeah. And thank you so much for you know, being part of our lives like that. Absolutely. I think in many ways, the the podcast has gotten better or has a very good, has had a very good year. Uh, and I, I, I'm not here to pat ourselves on the back or anything like that. Um, it's, it's more so a sense of it. There has been a sense of, of, 
uh, rejuvenation. I, I think there was a, a big effort in that back uh, when we had our our donation drive. I think was was definitely a moment of of you know uh, I don't know the word I want to use there. Let's just say great stuff. Um, and I think we've had, as you said, a lot of really good discussions. And I think in general. I really enjoyed manga this year too, which has yeah. not always been the case. <laughs> I no, think no. I think if you were to measure how much I enjoyed manga on a quantifiable scale from the start of the year to the end of the year, this is one of the few where I'd be like, actually, I think it went up a little bit. <laughs> no, I mean, we definitely had a few weeks where we were just like, oh, everything sucked. But uh, we had a lot where it was like, wow, you know, there, I mean, just even if you just focus entirely on the content of the stuff that we were reading, which we were about to spend a lot of time doing, uh-huh. a lot of shit happens. So, yeah. Well, I, I guess do we, we want to start kicking it off? We'll we'll we'll, yeah. we'll start this by talking about the various series we discussed throughout 2020. The series we did, uh, you know, recommendations. a recommendation. Yeah. Oh God, I forgot which one's to start we though. See, we st- uh... We're gonna start off with one that's gonna be a little uncomfortable. By the way, did we do? any pokemon or jojo this year like, no we we took no. off because i i thought i think there was a thought we had reached the time or not time skip the alternate reality part of jojo and i think we'd also kind of reached the point where a lot of the pokemon stuff we're reaching the end of the pokemon stuff that had been translated i think and also like stuff that we're probably more familiar with because like mm. we're past the point where i had read in in pokemon and also i think past the point where either of us were like you know had memories as kids or teenagers of playing any of the games. Yeah. Because like once you get into black and white, it's like, oh, well, I'm older than college age now. And these Pokemon <laughs> games are coming out. So. <laughs> Although I do have some good memories for black and white. Maybe we'll get to that at some point. All right. All right. We'll, have to keep the, we'll have to keep both in mind. But anyway, yeah, to, uh, <laughs> just, to, we'll, we'll just get past it. The first series we actually read as a recommendation this year was Actage. It was to discuss it very briefly and objectively. Uh, it was a series that I was pretty positive on at first. And Chris, you were not really into as we added it to the recap, because it was something that people have kind of been wanting us to do as, as we get for a while. Uh, we kind of went through a negative period with it at first, but then there was an arc that we, we, were, we were getting really into. And then, uh, Midway through the year, news broke that the author of the series was a suspected sex offender. And so we decided to drop it basically as soon as we heard the news. And then the decision was made for us anyway, immediately after that, because uh, Shonen Jump decided to drop the series as well. And so that's it. Active just gone. Uh, the author is suspected of being a criminal. We're done with it. Uh-huh. That's just, I mean, yeah, it's not even I'm not going to mention this even as like one of my best or worst any or anything recommendations after this. I'm just done. Done. So there you go. Boom. That we did Mob Psycho 100, which I think was a very largely positive uh, review from each of us. Maybe I, I, call- I, I recall it not being positive enough for some of the people who was who were listening I, there were people who were much more into it than we were. Yeah, so. I, I think it almost comes off as negative solely because it's just something we weren't really big into. So mm-hmm. it came off more negative than it probably was. I've been watching some like playthroughs of stuff. Like, is one of the best things I find for me to just like kill time if I'm wa- wanting to like 
you know, work on something kind of mindless during the day is to put on like a, some sort of long play or something uh-huh. like that and listen to that like a podcast style. And uh, I've come across a few where people, you know, were like, oh, yeah, I'm enjoying this, but I have a lot of problems with it. And then they get, you know, people making comments. They're like, why is this? Just they're angry that people are not happy about every single facet of a game. So, you know, I can understand, like, if you really, really, really like something, you feel the need to defend it. Um, but I, get, I I do get it, too. Like, I like I, I, I could imagine if I enjoyed a particular podcast they they talk about a kind of media and then they talk about one of those things like if i remove myself i'm listening to a popular manga podcast and that's not what we are uh but you know in this hypothetical we're also a popular manga podcast if i was listening to it and i was like oh i can't wait for them to talk about ice shield 21 and then Mm. they're just kind of lukewarm on it i i definitely and it's 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 understandable from both sides i understand why somebody would be like ah i was really bummed that they didn't like it and then oftentimes the easiest way to deal with that is to be like, well, they were just wrong about this or something like that. And I also get it from the person who's on it who's just like, look, man, I don't know. We can't always like dig the same thing. Sometimes it just doesn't work out that way. Yeah. You can talk to, to uh, Skitch or Jamie sometime about the very heated conversation I had with uh, a girl a, bit, a, a few years younger than us about because she really liked I uh she really liked Prince of Tennis and thought that Aisha Tunun was bad and so we got kind of into a very passionate anime fan discussion about it. <laughs> uh after we did Mob Psych 100 we did Zatch Bell or Gash Bell depending uh-huh. on how you want to say it. Uh it was a very nostalgic uh thing for you uh-huh. and it was one that was very positive from both of us but I think especially from you. So. Yeah, I remember liking Zatch Bell a lot. B stars was one that I think that I was considerably more positive on than you were. I think you were like, all right with it. And I was like, oh, this is good. And uh, I think that about sums it up. Uh, I guess. Uh, and I think that everything that we've covered up until one after this, this is all stuff that like people already know what it is. We don't really need to like remind people about it. Mm-hmm. Blue flag. Great series. It, we like read it like just as it was finishing up its run. Um on, yes. th- on manga plus uh i think that we had quite a few different things to say about it because it was such a like you know involved story about growing up and uh lgbtq themes and stuff and uh it was one of those things that i think that god we have it was also one of those things that had a, it was a series that had like a somewhat controversial ending yes but one that I think that we were both on the side of like, I mean, this is an interesting ending, but I wish that it had been explored more as part of the actual plot of the story. Yeah, so. I think the blue flag is if you are ever in the the interest of starting up a manga podcast or you just want to talk about an interesting thing with your friends. I think blue flag is like the perfect sort of series for that, because there's so much discussion that you can have out of it. And in a year where a lot of the things we reviewed were kind of like fighty murder mm-hmm. series, it was very satisfying to look back and be like, oh, wow, there was that really great romantic series in there that definitely felt like it was such a, a great series to experience. Even mm-hmm. like kind of even like no matter how you really felt about it, it was one of those sort of like a silent voice where you're just like. I could say, like, I want to talk about this series, basically. I was like, I just want to discuss it. I want to, like, 
work through thoughts and 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 just go out you know go to town on it basically yeah i mean you know, and there was uh a lot of like stuff to remember about different characters not just the main three characters who were pretending to be the main four characters but <laughs> one of them got forgotten about a lot <laughs> but then there's that whole conversation late on that involves like all the other people involved in it there's the girl who kind of becomes like the fifth most important character uh so just a lot of different things and you know like a lot of the a lot of exposure kind of discussion on how bullshit the politics of high school are. <laughs> yeah. Which it turns out, I think is very universal because, uh, yeah. Then we got to Basilisk. <laughs> Basilisk was the series about real ninjas, <laughs> which basically <laughs> meant that it was about. I always forgot that. It was sold to us. Uh, the first thing they do is use superpowers. It was about like some real ninja clans. And then I think almost everything else was made up about it. <laughs> like the, the Romeo and Juliet plot and the superpowers and everything. And I know that we had a good time discussing it, but we were both like, no, this, is, this is stupid. <laughs> I, I remember being more positive than you maybe exclusively because it was such a quick read but i remember the last like eight chapters just being like god when does this fucking end why will this dude why does this dude keep coming back uh yeah uh, it was it was dumb it was <laughs> i think it was like indisputably dumb <laughs> I, I, I'll, I'll say this so like before we even get to like the rest of these series I think by the process of elimination, Basilisk will probably be like it has to, I think, maybe be on my worst series of the year. If not, it would have to be at least a consideration. And that's almost exclusively just because so many of the other series we talked about, I really liked or had some kind of feeling or thought on. Like, I don't know if Basilisk necessarily makes a list, but the idea that like it might be one I would and I was like. If I came away and you asked me to like, what's your thought on Basilisk? Like generally positive. Like, you know, there's some years where like, you know, we read, I, I don't even have a top three because I'm just like, I don't know. Mm. I like like one series this year or something like that. This year where I, I honestly, in another year, Basilisk probably could have made the top three. <laughs> like that's how much like I don't actually have that negative opinion on it. Then we talked about Dead Mount Death Play. Nick, which every was... year. Every year, every I knew, I knew this was going to be it. <laughs> every year, there's one series that when I look over the list, I'm like, "The hell is that?" <laughs> and this year, it was Dead Mount Death Play, where I was like, "What the? F Did we read some like gothic wrestling manga or something like that?" And then I looked it up, I was like, "Oh yeah, I guess I remember that." And I moved on. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. This was the series that starts off with uh, like a demon lord, uh, you know, Aku fighting a bunch of holy knights, essentially. The reverse and isekai is the easiest way I can remember it. It is pretty much a reverse isekai. The demon lord gets reincarnated in the modern world as like a preteen kid uh, with some uh, of his demon powers intact. Not all of it, though. Uh, and it's just about him falling in with like a group of assassins, including a really weird fan service girl that gets killed immediately and turned into a zombie by him. 
and there's a guy who's like their tech guy and he flies drones around and stuff. Uh, I don't really have any positive or negative feelings about this series. It was, even though I remembered what it was when I saw the title, the most forgettable series that we've covered this year for me. I would say, cause like I'm thinking back on it and I'm like, it had a couple decent moments, but I will say the thing that like still strikes me on this series, it has got to have the worst title of any series ever. Cause like, <laughs> as I'm thinking on it, dead Mount death play. And I'm like, so little of that says anything about this series. Like I, I truly, I, maybe if this series had an even slightly different name, I'd probably be more favorable to it. But that name really dooms it for me. Uh, but again, in another year, there would be a far less memorable series than even that. Like the fact that I could still pick out what it is when you say like reverse isekai. Meanwhile, meanwhile, like if you go up, you're just like, oh hey, you remember uh, fucking. Uh oh god, I can't even remember what one of them is, but like uh a certain scientific railgun. I'm just like, oh, is that even a thing? <laughs> a far more famous series. <laughs> I panicked. I couldn't <laughs> Or maybe like one of the many, many different like scumbag romances that we've yeah. read. You know, like I can name like I can't even name the one that What I the read. fuck's House of Sun? That's one of the bad romance ones, I think. Okay, there you go. You can be a house of sun. Yeah. Uh, all right. Then we did uh, Ron in the Gray World about the uh, girl who was the daughter of a very powerful sorceress. Uh, I think that overall we had good things to say about it, but there was the disclaimer of there's some really creepy stuff with this guy who's way older than Ron, who is romantically interested in her. And like the more you think about it, the worse it gets. Mm. And but overall, if you put that aside, it's like, you know, there is a lot of really good stuff in this series and there are some really admirable characters. It's just that that guy is a very central part of the plot and it's impossible to get around it. Yeah, no, I mean, that's a great way to sort of explain it, where it was one that, again, this should have been one of the worst series on the year. But like, as it gets to the end, I remember being so excited about everything else in the series that I still end up with generally good feelings on Brand in the Grey World. So, you know, that's one where I'm like, man, that beginning is weird and I do wish I had had a heads up about a certain couple of things in the series, but otherwise it's actually kind of a very fun and magical series uh, again, towards the end, not at the beginning. What's the opposite of front loaded back loaded. Uh, yeah, back loaded. Okay. Barry. It's, yeah. it's just not nearly as fun to say. No. Yeah. Uh, then we did black. What if we butler. call it butt loaded, but <laughs> it's kind of the back, right? Uh, I think that that calls to mind another genre. Of oh. Anyway, <laughs> Uh, Black Butler was the next one we did, and I think that it was one that we both came away much more positive uh, than we were kind of expecting from reputation alone, basically. Uh Uh, It's still not something that I feel like I want to go back to or anything like that. But what I did read, it was like, all right, yeah, this is pretty cool, and I see why people are into it. So, Yeah, this was one of those ones I was really, really glad I ended up reading because now I know what this is and it's completely changed how not only I interpret the series, but also how I would discuss it if it comes up in in conversation again. 
And, uh, you know, there were some plot elements that I, I really liked how it got to a point late on when uh, it was just really crazy. And <laughs> I think that that was past the point that you would actually read. So, yeah. Then we did. Sorry. Then we did our series for Sadistic September, which was Codebreaker. And yeah, it was bad. Um, I don't think there was a single character in that entire series that was likable in any way. Uh, the plot was stupid. Uh, it was garbage. There were a lot of parts of it that were just like, I don't even know if it was necessarily offensive in content, but it was offensively bad. Like, <laughs> and there was some stuff that was offensive in terms of like content and tone. Like the whole thing with like all the dead women that were put in the, the underground club and then they decided to kill them all because, you know, why not? <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of those moments in there. I, 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 Codebreaker was one that I, I it's one of the worst sadistic Septembers in the same way. It's also one of the best ones because it's so stupid that it makes for a good conversation but I don't feel like I'm on an FBI list now that I've read it. Right. <laughs> so I definitely, I, t I took a big bullet last year. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, don't worry guys. <laughs> uh, but I, 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 I think I have fun with Codebreaker. I will always be able to remember that there's a character in the series who is solely known as he who must be sought. There is yeah. no official name for that character, despite the fact in the lore, he does have a name. Just no one knows it or has said it. <laughs> so stupid so pretentious <laughs> so so edgelordy and it doesn't even make internal sense i the i remember the big problem that i pointed out was the fact that they're supposed to be the people who break all the rules in order to enforce justice but they're part of an organization that has rules and it was <laughs> stupid bullshit oh man i hate it i hate it but then we got into some fun stuff because we did our Halloween month. We had Asan to talk about Ghost Reaper Girl. Uh, and that was a series that I think we both had plenty of fun with. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not a series that I've really been keeping up with in the meantime. But the stuff that we read, hey, it was it was it was a fun little couple couple chapters to get to know uh, the series. And um I think that it uh, it exceeded expectations for us when we heard like, oh, it's the Rosario vampire guy doing it. I I have been keeping up with Ghost Reaper Girl, and it's it's been mm -hmm. pretty good actually. It's cool. it's still been very very entertaining. So no, I'll say that. Then we went into stupid stuff <laughs> with a school school mermaid with the series about the, the stupid stuff. How dare you! It was genius. My mistake. <laughs> the series where if you go into a school at night and you recite something from a book, then these girls in swimsuits will show up and they're like ghosts kind of. And you have to try and kill one and drink its blood. And that will like let a guy fall in love with you if you drink one that's got the right letter on its suit. And if you don't drink a mermaid's blood, then you turn into a mermaid yourself, which basically means you turn into a ghost that's watery, sort of. And then there were just kind of some short st stories based around that. And then eventually it was like, no, no, there's like lore and a whole ongoing plot that happens like halfway through the series. <laughs> so, 
it was pretty dumb. Uh, I remember you liked it a lot less than I did. Yes, so. I remember it being very dumb, and I didn't even get to the part where there was an actual narrative at that point. So, And, he, and I say, you liked it a lot less than I did, and I did not like it very much. <laughs> yeah, it was just kind of like, there's a couple things that are good, and <laughs> I wouldn't recommend it. So. Yeah. But then we capped off Halloween month with uh, Miroku-chan, the, the girl who sees the story about uh, the girl with... Uh, some sort of psychic abilities that allow her to see ghosts. And she tries to deal with this by ignoring them so that they won't realize that she can see them and, you know, deliberately haunt her. And uh, we both really, really like this story. Uh, it was one that kind of started off just sort of comedic. Uh, it never lost, you know, it's all of its comedy, but it kind of grew a bit more dramatic over time as it really explored the idea of, Hey, what happens with this girl who's got to just kind of, deal with this pressure all the time and has to pretend that she's okay 100% of the time. And, uh, it was, uh, really, really good. Yeah. I, I think this is one of the ones that I will, I will remember the most for the year. Then we did cells at work. It was there. <laughs> I, I still don't have. Anything. Oh, I'm so angry! I stepped over you on you on that. Oh, that's gonna make me sad now because that was the best transition for sales at work. Just don't have anything to say about it. <laughs> then we did Ginkaku Picasso, which was uh, an interesting, you know, story. At certain points, I think that it had a cool, a couple cool things to say about dealing with grief. Uh, had some flaws, but overall, felt pretty good about it. Yeah, I think Gengaku Picasso was another really, really surprising one. That was the one about uh, the, the artist whose friend dies at the beginning of the series. And from that point on, she seems to take on this sort of like uh, pixie appearance that only he can see. And uh, he has to use his art and ability to dive into people's hearts in order to help them work out personal problems. Now, stuff. Nick, in the interest of keeping this topical, I have under come to understand this is also very similar to the plot of Wonder Woman 1984, where she also it sees is. somebody who is uh, dead, but sees them in a different form. Um, does the rest of the world also offer up their uh, wishes in Gagaku Picasso to save everybody? No. Oh, okay. Well, uh, hmm. Maybe, maybe Wonder Woman's not a very good movie. I haven't heard good things about the uh, the new one. So. No, well, I didn't like the first one, so I've been very skeptical of the fact that I haven't heard anything good on the second one. I was like, yeah, I yeah. was not with the norm on the first one, so I definitely don't <laughs> want to check out this one. Uh, and the last series that we uh, covered as recommendation this year was the quintessential quintuplets, uh, that uh, harem romance story. About a tutor who's tutoring five different uh, girls, uh, but in this one they're quintuplets, and uh, it's uh, it was it was pretty all right. Uh, I think that we, you know we were kind of like yeah it's all right, but um, you know liked some of the characters more than others, and uh, had a lot to say about like well I don't think that this was you know a very consistent you know thing in terms of quality and stuff like that, but. We read it. It was fine. Yeah, I, I think that's one, again, probably similar to the Mob Psycho. There's a bunch of people who listen to our podcast who are much, much more excited about it than we are. Uh, and as such, they kind of came away with like, oh, I'm glad you guys liked it, but I wish you had liked it more. But even then, you know, I, I think that's still one that I wouldn't say was a bad series or anything even close. Yeah. 
I think the most amusing uh, response that we got was some people disagreeing with our thoughts on who the best girls were. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I mean, look, waifu yeah, culture is a fucking thing, yeah. I'm sorry we don't find fucking Yatsuba, whatever stupid yeah. fucking name is, to be entertaining. Yeah, that was the one that we... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Uh, that, so it was nice to kind of dip our toes in, I guess, on that one. If we had to cover, a, a, like, a popular harem series... I'm glad it was that one. <laughs> but uh, that was it for uh, all the stuff that we covered as recommendations. Uh, one thing I didn't really mention was that, well, nah, I'll get to that when we talk about just our recap series because that, yeah. that qualifies. So, so we'll just real quick, I guess, give some of our favorites. So I'll, I'm going to real quick mention what the audience favorites were. Uh, okay. Their least favorite. Uh, well, number three was Actage. I thought that got taken off. Uh, but number two is Basilisk. <laughs> Uh, which again, I don't really think was that bad, but all right. And their number one is Codebreaker, which makes sense. I think that's going to be everyone's. Uh, their favorite series, though, their third favorite was Blue Flag. Second was Mob Psycho 100, and their favorite series was Zatch Bell. Hmm. So, a lot of, a lot of people nostalgic for, for that Zatch Bell. And yeah. It's a good series. So, <sighs> I, I've got my list. All right, go for it. Uh, so I know that I said that I didn't, you know, hate this series, but in terms of like, just looking back on it, the quality of it that I feel in my gut, School Mermaid is my number three worst. Uh, uh Basilisk is my number two worst and Codebreaker is my number one worst. Like it, it, it had to be Codebreaker. It could not be anything else. And cause with the other two, I was like, all right, this is dumb, but I don't really care. Codebreaker was like, okay, no, this is just garbage. It's shit, and it makes me angry how bad this is and how dislikable all the characters are. It had to be that. Yeah, I, I think mine probably goes... I think it's going to be Cells at Work as my third least favorite, uh, hmm. and then School Mermaid, and then Codebreaker. I, I don't... As I said, I, I think I can... I could find enough fun in the idea of talking about Basilisk that it doesn't make my worst, but cells at work is one where it's just like it was there and existed. And I generally have kind of made it clear that I will take bad, but entertaining over boring any day. I mean, a previous year I named fairy tale, one of my favorite recommendations just because it meant that we got to discuss it after that point. Hey. And I never <laughs> thought the fairy tale was a good series, but I've had a ton of fun talking about hero stuff with you. So I was say, and I didn't, it's not like Basilisk is making my top three favorites or anything like that. So, right, right. Uh, all right. So then I guess we'll get into our, uh, our positives then. Our yeah. Favorites. Yeah. Um, uh, I'll, I said it was, what blue flag and mob psycho and uh zetch bell yes okay go ahead uh, i was gonna say so my favorite I, I i think i'm gonna start and i'm gonna say blue flag i'll agree with the audience on that uh then i'll say my second mm, i'm gonna give it to zatch bell uh, but my favorite, I think, this year was Meiruku-chan. I really, really adored that series. I'm still trying to occasionally keep up with it. Um, it's hard just because I forget about it. But it, it's one of those series that, like, when I remember it, I kind of just smile. I'm like, ah, oh, man, that thing was really fucking good. So I had a lot of difficulty deciding this. Um, pardon me. In terms of, like, acknowledging the quality of it, I almost... Oh, God, sorry. sorry. You're good. 
I almost put Black Butler down as my number three favorite because like it's not really my speed, but I acknowledge like, okay, this is like good. And I definitely now see after like a decade of deliberately avoiding this series, acknowledge, okay, I see what people see in this and it's pretty good. But in terms of like what I actually took away from a series, my number three is Beastars. Okay. And it's a series that I did go back to and read uh, after we had taken as a recommendation. The ending of the series isn't phenomenal, but still I'm glad that I got introduced to this to the series. And uh, after I read the manga, I also watched the uh, anime when it came out on Netflix. Looking forward to the second season of that coming out. So I think in terms of like maybe this series like overall might be of worse quality than the other. But from what I took away from it, I have I think I have to put it on the list over Black Butler. So that's fair. My number two is Blue Flag. I thought it was really good. Uh, uh, just really had to, like a big like, oh, wow, that's. Uh... <laughs> so uh, I had to put that down. But number one for me is it's also Miroku-chan. Like I loved that series and it was the most surprising thing that we discussed. Yeah. And I haven't been keeping up with it. But when I realized I hadn't been keeping up with it, when I was getting ready for us to talk about this stuff tonight, I realized like, oh, I need to go and read that uh, when we're done, because, like, I really want to, you know, see what happens next. It's so, so, usually Halloween month is this thing that I'm like, why don't we just get rid of it? We never really enjoy most of the series we talk it. And then it's like, oh, Miruku-chan, you know, let's keep it in for next year. You never really know, guys. Hey, you know what that's what this is all about, discovering new things, right? Yeah. You know, every now and again, we get one of those series that's like, you know, the one about the zombie uh, apocalypse girls. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you know, there's there's some weird ones in there. Uh, all right. So, well, let's move on to talking about the series from our recap. Oh, and boy. we're going to specifically talk about uh, the series that we discussed this year. Although I guess we should start with the series we've dropped or came out this year. We decided not to keep in the recap. Do you want to go through those real quick? Yeah. OK, well. so the first one on there is Undead Unluck. And I've said this before. And I will say it countless times. It will not stop fucking with me that Undead Unluck came out this year. It feels like some, like, the Berenstein shit. Like, it feels like some Mandela effect. Like, what are you talking about? No, Undead Unluck came out, like, last summer or something. There's so much stuff that's come out in Undead Unluck that it is, like, unfathomable in my mind that it's less than a year old. So it will not stop fucking with me. Um, I will start very close to the beginning of the year, I think. Yeah, I think it, it must it, have been it in it in Mashal, I think. Uh, yeah, it's 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 at some point around there. Um, but I will say, uh, Undead Unluck is a series that we discussed. We did not like the first three chapters of particularly, mm-hmm. uh, and that's actually the biggest issue with the series. Is I will say, hey. Uh, Undead Unluck is very, very good now. It is a very creative series. It has a ton of very cool moments. Uh, but the like first seven chapters are really tough to get through because there's some real gross implications with a couple things going on. So you got to watch out for that, more or less. Uh, but it actually has gotten significantly better. Uh, the characters are all really good. The main like love story relationship is is 
maybe the best in jump right now, to be honest, uh, especially now that we never learned is done. Uh, so I'll, I'll, I'll say that for it. If you yeah, look no more, you ain't I mean, like, you know, <laughs> well, that's the one true path, Nick. That's why it was safe till the end. We, we should all be so lucky to experience love like that. Let me tell yeah. You. <laughs> um, but I, I will say that if you're into reading like a cool battle manga, uh, Undead Unluck will not steer you wrong. It, it, it has been very good in that effect. And it, it really has done a lot in a year. I think that's the part that keeps making it so difficult for me to process that it was this year. Like, there's been like four big arcs already in the span of a single year. So, uh, you know, keep that in mind. Uh, then Guardian and the Witch, which is already out of jump. Yeah, I think we made the right call there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> It was it was not fantastic. It, uh, I remember that there were a couple of th- things that were just kind of like details that I liked about it, um, you know, but it was about a girl who uh, basically had been kind of genetically tampered with in order to make her a magical weapon of mass destruction, essentially. Uh, and when it was time for her, she was getting too dangerous and her bodyguard was told to assassinate her. He instead decided, no, I'm going to keep on protecting her. And so they tried to escape together. Also, her handmaiden went with them and was a major character. And uh, things just got even weirder after the first three chapters, after they got away. Like, they're, they they fly around in the most awkward way possible once they <laughs> gain that ability. Just like the three of them are like, they're like a rock. They're like a space shuttle when it has like the rockets on the bottom of it. <laughs> In terms of the their arrangement, it's so weird looking, and uh, just wasn't a very good, memorable action Shonen Jump series. So we dropped it, and it was done at like chapter sixteen. So yeah, I was gonna say uh, most of the series that we'll be discussing in this part right here are, in fact, all of the rest of them are still running. So it's a pretty weird scenario when you think about it. There's actually been very few drop series, and the ones yeah. that did drop, we actually kept in the recap basically all the way through. Uh, Mori King would be the next one. The yeah. bug battle series slash comedy series about a, a hunky guy who is the king of the forest. And yeah. it's fine. It's fine. It's a comedy series that's not especially funny. Nope. Uh, speaking of comedy series that aren't particularly funny, Hard Boiled Coppet Dolphin is next. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I, I treasure the time. That I forget that that series exists, Chris. <laughs> like... <laughs> uh, I, you know, legitimately, there are points where I almost enjoy Hot Boil Cop and Dolphin. There are every so often there is a chapter that is legitimately good. And then the next week does absolutely nothing that is the same. Like there was a chapter that was all about Chaco like, breaking of Oz. So she makes up a lie and she's like, oh, a cartoon character broke it or something like that. And basically like a magic wish kind of thing happens. And this giant cartoon character version of it comes out and she has to like admit her lie for it to stop like attacking. It's it's a very sweet thing of this little girl having to admit to her father. Like, I lied. I broke the vase. Please don't be angry at me. Like, I don't want you to let me. And I was just like, oh, wow, this is really, really good. And then the next week it was like. The, the officer whose breast is too big has to shop for a, a bigger shirt or something. It's just like, why? Why is this always so dumb and goes to the worst stupid shit after this? So I hate every storyline involving her. Like I've I've occasionally will actually like look at a chapter when you bring up like, oh, it was really bad this week. I don't know why. And just like that one chapter where like 
she has to like bribe guys with her boobs in order to get them to save someone who's literally going to fall off a cliff and die. It's just like, this is so stupid. Like it's, it's one of those things that's like, this is such a bad view of women, but also such a bad view of men. Like, it's, it's just it's bad. bad. It's for, such a stupid. bad for everyone. It's just so dumb. Hardboiled cop and dolphin is one of the more frustrating series that's currently still running. Cause it, it, it will likely continue on for a good while longer. Um, but I, I don't know if it's indicative of the quality whatsoever. Um, following that, we have me and Roboco, which is another comedy. Uh, this is one that you're not a huge fan of. I when I had to read more of it in order to uh, put it in jump date by that point, because like it, it came out like at the very beginning of July. So there was a good amount of it that was out by the time that I actually talked about it on in the video. And it was like, all right, you know what? I got to get it uh-huh. because like it's a gag series. But you know what? It's willing to do a bunch of different shit. So yeah. I'll I'll definitely give it that. I I, I enjoy me versus me and Roboco a lot. It's probably one of my like top six or seven series of jump right now. At least it's one of the ones I look forward to the most. Even then I still admit there are chapters that are not very good. Uh and there are some times where it's just gonna be referential and if you you're like, I just don't wanna be like there legitimately the last chapter was one long giant parody of the promised Neverland. Like in every way, like to the point the author was like, you should probably read The Promised Neverland before you read this chapter. <laughs> and like, it's one of those ones, I, I just like how shameless it is and how like how, how much it'll go out of its way to be foolish. Well, they wrote the Promised Neverland gag series before they did me and Roboco. It's like, did you not get your fill? <laughs> you were doing the official one. <laughs> Uh, so there is that one. After that, Phantom Seer, we dropped that one. It's fine. It's the series that we read, and each week I'm like, is is this being canceled? Because it is sped through a lot of development. Uh, but if it ended up sticking around for another 50 chapters, I would not be sad. That's a series that I feel bad about, because, like, I look at it, and I'll read a chapter every now and again, and I'm like, this is really close to being really good. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And it just never gets better. Yeah. And it's unfortunate because I I would like it if like we got, you know, another flagship kind of series of that ilk so that everyone else would stop trying to make one. <laughs> so it's like, all right, we found the replacement for Demon Slayer. We don't need another one now. Submit different things now, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll be very curious to see what 2021 looks like in terms of series that are released. Uh, then we have High School Family, Nick's favorite series. <laughs> Anti-humor the series. <laughs> it's just the least funny thing I have maybe ever read. Like, it's bad. <laughs> it's so bad. And it makes no sense. Uh, then we have Our Blood Oath, which is just worse Phantoms here. Worse Phantoms. Uh, I, That's still going. <laughs> yeah, it's still going. Um, now, I should note, uh, A Gravity Boys is the next series that's ending. I think they yes. announced there's like maybe one or two weeks left of it. So there may be other cancellations happening, but I'm I'm not certain how many there are. Uh, if there is another series ending, I want it to be Our Blood Oath. I, I I really wish I could say that there is something enjoyable to Our Blood Oath, but there just isn't for me. Um, which is a shame, but 
Uh, then we have Build King, which uh, we have to. Yeah. What's up? Yeah. Reading. yeah. Uh, I am still reading. I did make the the constitution that I said. Okay, I am okay with this. Um, but I will say <laughs> you are missing nothing by not reading Build King. It okay. is not a particularly uh, good series. It is Toriko, but you change the food nouns to building nouns, and it's cool. more or less the same thing. All right. All right, and then we wrap it up with Sakamoto Days. Which is your favorite manga, Chris. It's <laughs> I I haven't really kept up with the series. This is going to be another one of those that just kind of like just fades into the background for me as I just kind of like it, it didn't really hook me very well. I thought that the premise was the most interesting thing about it. And there are some striking promotional things, but the more of it I read, the less I liked it. And so instead, the most the biggest positives I take from it are just the rants you had about it. (laughs) (laughs) (coughs) Yeah, well, you know, it is uh, it is what it is. Uh, Anyways, uh, the one last thing I'll mention infamous or not infamous. Sorry, uh, Ninja put all of the like one shots in here. I'm not going to go through those one by one, but Mm -hmm. I will mention Burn the Witch season one also happened this year. Yes. And we got uh, after it was over, we got Teching 101 on to talk about it. We had uh, a nice discussion and we found out just how innocent our boy Teching is that he didn't realize that one of the characters was clearly a Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, my sweet baby. No. But uh, Burn the Witch was definitely one where it was like, all right, this is very stupid Kubo stuff. But you know what? Glad it's here. Yes. I'm glad that we I'm just glad that we get to talk about Kubo series again. And by the end of it, there were actually some legitimately good things about Burn the Witch that uh, made me feel like, hey, I would like to see more of this kind of stuff and just like be able to enjoy it. But even if I don't enjoy Burn the Witch, at least when it comes back, it'll be weird and it'll give us some stuff to enjoy talking about. Yep. So. All right. So with that, we're going to start going through the series. We actually kept in the recap all the way either to the conclusion, to their natural ending, or they're still running in the magazine. Which means... (laughs) We have to see if Nick can guess where they were at the start of the year. This yeah, actually, I, wonder, what, this, I don't, I, 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 I don't think I still have my cap and gown from uh, when I graduated. <laughs> Otherwise, I would go and find it. Be like, oh, <laughs> ah, uh, this might actually be an easier year because a lot of the series in the recap started this year so there's only there's only like six or seven series you actually have to guess so you know but i gotta remember the ones that we haven't talked about in forever where they were that's true all right so we'll start with uh ayakashi triangle you don't have to guess where this one was it started this year yeah no it started in like what june i think it was of of this year uh yeah that sounds about right cool uh yeah this is actually i i think this is one of the more relevant series to talk about though this is a series that when we first discussed it uh there was a lot of strong thoughts uh i think Mm -hmm. there are still a lot of strong thoughts about this series and particularly how it handles the the main concept of a male character and a female character's body uh it was one that definitely had the potential to be problematic and still does become problematic kind of often uh but has also shown an ability to tell a more interesting story. So it's it's one that I kind of trepidatiously enjoy. <laughs> it's definitely one of those that I feel like you can't just say, um, 
oh no, this is actually a pretty good manga, and you know, insists on people looking past uh, that potential problem because, well, I think it is a good example of a kind of actionese series that has some nice, you know, character relationships in it. Uh, it's also one of those things that it's like, look, this runs in Shonen Jump. It is providing the fan service. That is one of its main features. That's not me being prudish. That is just me acknowledging that some people do have hangups about that and cannot look past them. And if you do look past them, the way that it handles gender roles and transgender issues does definitely leave something to be desired. And when they're a focus of the story, really can kind of hold you back on just saying like, no, this is good. Um, It's one of those kind of things that you kind of have to give it credit for ducking problems more than actually handling them well. Um, So it's something where at first I had a very instinctive like, no, this really kind of pisses me off that this exists. Uh, And over time, I've come to realize, no, this is actually a good series, but that comes with very strong caveats. Mm. So. All right. Now we're actually going to get to the first series. You actually get to tell me where it was at the start of the year, Nick. Black Clover. Okay. Where was Black Clover at the start Fuck. of this year? <laughs> oh. Well, I feel like we've been on this arc for quite a while. Mm. I know we had the time skip this year. I'm going to say that this was when the Golden Dawn got attacked and we were really excited about how Yuno was developing as a character. Yeah, that's pretty pretty much spot on. It was Yuno rushing off to fight the uh the to save the Golden Dawn. Uh, and then Zeno confronting Vengeance, basically. Okay, so like, it was basically just after we had had the whole, uh, you know, finding out he's royalty, basically. Yeah, so. I think that ended last year, basically, and then this year was was dealing with all that. So, yeah, I think you, you nailed that one pretty damn much on the head. So, good job. Uh, Black Clover, I think, has been much better this year in comparison Absolutely. to several years as well. I used to dread reading Black Clover. And sometimes I still do. Some Sometimes it's still not great. But I think far more frequently, I have been receptive to reading Black Clover and enjoying it. And that is something I greatly appreciate. Yeah. Um, I think the main thing has just been that this dark triad, having set up like, hey, this is what they did in order to impact this heroic character, uh, and has really gotten us invested in those characters which is more than I can say about any investment that I've had in basically almost any character in all of Black Clover for the several years that it's been running up to this point. So Yes. Uh, all right. Let's talk about Boone Collection, Nick. <laughs> Everyone's so favorite series. this started this year. Yes. Uh, this was the, the troll series, like, <laughs> that you deliberately tortured me with. <laughs> Can I can I note this though? I get things wrong a lot. I'm very often not a correct or very insightful person, but I 100% called that Bone Collection was going to be fucking garbage since the first chapter. No, 
it took a little bit for it to, for me to i think it took two chapters for me to realize it because the first one it was like all right this uh kazami guy is kind of a stupid idiot who is way too focused on his porn collections and stuff but the first chapter did at least showcase that he had some admirable traits when he was willing to help out pyra the idea that he was an exorcist that was terrible but could use her power was an interesting gimmick and you know it was a nice kind of hey powerful demon girl shows up uh, for the you know exorcist guy to cooperate with it's a nice straightforward setup and then it just got worse immediately <laughs> the stuff with the brother uh, and then it just kept on getting worse and then I was so ready to get out of there by the time chapter three was done and then you cashed in <laughs> your veto in the bank and I was so mad and it kind of just became a a highlight slash low light <laughs> of our show while it was running, just how bad it would be. <laughs> and then there was the milk boy chapter, which was actually legitimately pretty good. And I think was close to being the best chapter of the week. Yeah. There was a real bad week where I was like, I think milk boy and bone collection could, could take it this week. And uh, then it was like, no, no, it's all right. It's bad. It just kept on getting worse. <laughs> and then the finale was so stupid. It was kind of amazing. <laughs> So. It's great. It's it's it is a series that uh died in the flaming wreckage uh of a bad year where most stuff somehow continued on in the magazine despite itself. Uh so it it kind of rings for just how bad of a series it was and I will forever appreciate what it was to our recap. It's like half of the emojis in our fucking Discord still. Oh yeah, it was a very like memeable series because of how garbage it was. There are so many we got so many good quotes and like episode titles from that show. People in the Discord still talk about the bone bus from the last chapter because that's such a silly like and of course, you know, the hoop boon, you know, thing. But then there was just now Pyra can fight. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. <laughs> No, he's been beating people up this whole time. Now, Pyra can't fight. Oh. And like, even if you go backwards, and it's like, I guess she didn't ever actually attack any of the demons that came against her. Yeah, but she's a very violent, mean woman. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, we'll move on here. Nick, where do you think Boruto was at the start of this year? Oh boy! <laughs> this is especially the monthly ones are going to be especially difficult. As like I have no idea where Spy Family was, for example. Uh, Boruto is especially odd one because like this part of the series, it feels like we've been on for forever. Mm. So I want to say that it was the one where they were Kawaki was kind of like being forced to work with uh, Boruto's squad. I don't know if the thing where they fought the really big guy was this, was the beginning of this year or last year, but that's what I'm going with. It was that that's where we were. They were fighting the big guy. Boro, yes, that actually was exactly where we were. It was the first, like, the start of the Boro fight, basically. Oh. Uh, I think it ended with uh, Serata figuring out his weakness basically oh that's the thing boruto's not actually completely monthly is it not exactly it is monthly but it's 
I never know when it's got, like it doesn't feel regular sometimes in how it comes out. So I don't like know. A world trigger is always the beginning of the month, but Boruto sometimes isn't. Yeah, so. I feel like Boruto kind of sometimes comes in and out with like different points. But I probably just don't care about Boruto enough to memorize when it comes out. It probably is something like Boruto comes out on the eighth every month or something like that. I'm just like, whatever. All right. Uh, Chainsaw Man, Nick. Vroom, where was Chainsaw Man? Oh, I guess we should say what we thought about Boruto this year. It was fine, Nick. Chainsaw- it was fine. <laughs> it was fine. Okay. It uh, it had it, it started off on a high note, and uh, there was a lot of cool stuff with Kawaki, but the, the this this fight with Ishiki, I think, has been largely underwhelming, mm. even though it ended on a pretty cool note last time. Yeah. Chainsaw uh, Man. I know that <clears throat> we started doing Chainsaw Man not very long before the end of last year. So I'm going to have to guess that we were in the midst of Reze, the bomb devil stuff. Do you no. want me to be more? No, no we, right we Reze was dead and gone. This no. was actually the start of the, the assassination arc stuff where the different assassins came in, Santa Claus wow. and everything. We were introduced to the three brothers at the end of the chapter and kind okay. of like intrigued by the new, uh, like, Introduced to the new theme of like, hey, a bunch of assassins are going to be coming after Denji kind of thing. From a very general point of view, I'm glad that it was Chainsaw Man that I that I didn't know. <laughs> the pacing on that is like, you can forgive me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like if you had to think where was Chainsaw Man, you're like, well, everything happened this year. So I don't know where it started. Uh, Chainsaw Man also ended this year. Although yeah. ended, I guess, should be in quotes. We know that there's going to be a Chainsaw Man part two of some fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, I really wish Chainsaw Man had had a better sequence of an ending. Because I think a, uh, for a long part of it, I really, really enjoy Chainsaw Man. And I have a lot of good feelings about it. But the last, like maybe like four or five months of Chainsaw Man were either too boring for me to like really enjoy, or they were so chaotic and disjointed that I have difficulty really understanding it. So it's just, that's it like that. And in my mind, I'm just like, I wish Chainsaw Man had been more consistent to the conclusion because I probably would really consider it for my series of the year. But like we we've talked about it before, like the entire point where dingy is chainsaw devil and there's like six straight chapters of him just murdering everybody over and over again and then it just kind of ends and you're just like i mean i get it but just didn't do it for me the same way i wanted the, for the series it's one of those kind of things that's like more fun to just kind of like go through when it happens but then like if you digest all of it it kind of leaves you with a feeling of emptiness because you kind of can see that like if it had been planned out a bit better, then it would probably been overall better. Yeah. Probably what happened was they wanted to, you know, move some stuff around and shuffle up the lineup or, and there had already been the plans to move it to a different magazine. So they probably changed the timetable a little bit. I think that, you know, people talk about that all the time when they talk about a series that ends in a kind of weird, unsatisfying way. I know that when bleach ended, we were of the opinion that maybe it had been pressured to end. And then it turned out, no, Probably what happened was Kubo was just burnt out and uh, he was trying to end it by a very particular time in order to, you know, get the like nice clean like chapter 600 or whatever it was, 15 year anniversary ending. 
and it just kind of like where he was when it was time to wind down wasn't a very good position to wind down and so he had to kind of crank things up you know stuff like that happens sometimes yeah i don't know if that i don't know what the case is with chainsaw man i just know that our reaction to it was not great when it was actually ending and when we knew it was ending so yeah uh and part one was ending and this is also we'll, we'll talk about it I think a little bit more with certain other series, but this is also a series that may have changed a little bit just by the nature of us having to read it week to week. Maybe that wasn't the ideal way of digesting Chainsaw Man's final arc question mark saga. <laughs> I don't really know what you call it. Um, sequence, I guess, but I, I still come away with, with good thoughts about Chainsaw Man and I will be intrigued to see what Chainsaw Man part two is. If it happens, because I think Fujimoto has shown. I don't believe anything until it actually happens. I don't. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, Dr. Stone, Nick, I think this is the hardest one. Can you remember where Dr. Stone was? The miasma that was Dr. Stone this year. Was it the very end of the fight with Ibarra? A little bit before that. Well, I guess it depends on what the you consider the fight. This, the, the last sequence when it was just down to just Senku and Ibarra. Basically. Then, yeah, like right before that. Basically, it was Senku was survived by everyone using like the hand like thing to like pace out the, the okay. distance, basically. So I think the chapter ended with Ibarra finding out that Senku had set a trap for him in the mobile lab. Uh, okay. But otherwise, like right, right there. Yeah. Well, if you don't want to give me credit for that one, I understand. I well, no, just for anyone who's okay. interested in keeping score, I understand if you don't want to give me credit for that one. But I feel pretty good about actually getting that close. That least, That's so. extremely close, because if you would ask me this year, I'd be like, holy shit. They've been in America for forever. <laughs> 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 um, I will say this. It actually made me a little sad when I read what the first chapter was is like. I must have had really high thoughts on what Dr. Stone was going to be this year, because that was a great chapter. And that mm -hmm. fight with the bar was a great sequence. And everything after that was really exciting. And then if you asked me to tell you, like, highlights of the rest of the year, Dr. Stone, I'd be like, I mean, Stanley was a pretty cool character. Mm -hmm. I like Luna. Um, Koseki's still alive, so that's a plus in my book. <laughs> I think what it comes down to is that we were probably expecting that the stuff in America would be as straightforward as the stuff with the petrification kingdom mm -hmm. in terms of they go to a place and then there is a conflict that is resolved there before they go somewhere else. And instead, it is turned into the North America's saga involves globe trotting to an extent. So. You could consider that it's over when they capture Zeno, but it's not really it's still it's going still, on, still ongoing because Stanley's group is still chasing them. They still haven't 100 percent resolved the fact that Zeno is clearly not interested in cooperating with them 100 percent. He just does it when he's curious about something or when it's convenient to him. So we're not actually done with that arc. But even so, like some of the even removed from that, some of the stuff that they've done has not been very narratively satisfying the way that the group split up with very little fanfare. Honestly, there was a little bit of it, but it really should have been a much bigger thing. Um, and also, like, yeah, there's been some good characters introduced in this whole sequence, like the ones you named. But there's also been some just like 
very forgettable characters introduced as well. Like, you know, those two guys who follow Luna around uh, or the guy that they had to make the watch is like, eh, he's got a cool gimmick, but that's kind of, uh, you know, there's a lot of people in, in, in Zeno's kingdom that I feel like we've seen, but haven't really gotten to know. And then, of course, there's Dr. Chelsea. So immediately this that's like three different three grades down for Dr. Stone for the whole year. So, yeah, uh, I think that's pretty much it. All right. Nick, Eden Zero. Do you remember where that was at the start of this year? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let me try and guess. It could be anywhere. <laughs> it could be anywhere in the last four arcs. <laughs> oh, God. I feel like we were past the point with Hamora and the whole family thing. <laughs> But, but you're not sure, right? I don't know 100%. I feel like we were past that point, but Eden Zero's arcs are so short, generally speaking. And I don't know what happened after that. Like, <laughs> I don't know where they went after that one. Uh, they got them together. Um, so they decided to be the four-star. Was it... Was it just all the stuff where Ziggy showed he was the bad guy? No, it was the stuff with, I forgot, I forgot, I'm sorry, I completely forgot that there was the big bad guy who was also the DJ. <laughs> <laughs> Drak and Joe. Drak and Joe. So they were on Drak and Joe's station, I think. <laughs> <laughs> you, you are right on that. Can you give me... And I think it was the first time loop, because I think we found out what... Rebecca's powers were relatively ish early this year. So I'm guessing that they had a fight with one of his four general guys. Maybe I'm going to guess that they had a fight with Laguna at the beginning of the year. I don't know. Um, at this point, I don't know if they had started really fighting the different uh, members of the, the elemental four yet. Uh, this, this was the one like self captures Rebecca, and Rebecca is like show like asked to like hang out with Draco Joe and like at the end of the chapter he reveals that he has Labilia like captured for her, uh, basically as okay. like a prize. All right, so I think that I was too early because I think that they encounter Laguna before that. Yeah, it's it's the it, first time. I mean, we're yeah, this is the first time loop basically. All right, that that's so, pretty good. On I realized like wait a minute, Draco Joe, that was that was when it was like <laughs> that's wait, hang on, that's, that's really the best part hard. where you're just like. It's <laughs> it's after Homura's thing, but before Z, holy shit, there was an entire arc in the middle of that space. Yeah. <laughs> it's so weird that Ian Zero was just like that, where it's just like, hold on, a thing happened and another thing. What else happened? Oh, wait, there was an actually <laughs> important arc. <laughs> <laughs> they fought one of the Eurasian Six Galactica and defeated him with men with gravity. Remember, it was a big moment for... Uh, fucking wise he was also there remember drag and joe killed his girlfriend or some stupid or his mom or some shit like that and so he is like i won't be here and then didn't do anything anyways uh <laughs> is there anything to really say about eden's ear we enjoy talking about it because it's fun but it's just noise i mean that's i think that Rebecca has improved as a character a bit uh -huh. since she's become, you know, her, the reveal of her powers has, been, has caused her to become a bit more active. And also like now that she's not just a fame hungry damsel in distress, uh -huh. you can see a little bit more of her admirable traits. 
I think that we actually really enjoyed it when she was actually exploring the possibilities of her powers and tapping into her limits and stuff like that. But other than that, not a whole lot positive is there to remark on, especially because, you know, it's like, oh, hey, it's the part of the arc where Urza, sorry, Elsie is more heavily involved now at the start at the end of this year. And it's like, oh, great. So the part of Inzir I enjoyed the least is getting a more prominent stage going forward. Huzzah. Yeah. All right, Nick, uh, Kaiju number eight. Started well, this year. Year, so. Started this year. I just meant, what'd you, what would have been your thoughts on Kaiju number eight? Incredibly positive. Mm-hmm. I think that there's been like one chapter this entire time where we were just kind of like, I mean, it was all right, but it's kind of disappointing compared to everything else. Been a very, very, very fun series. Yes. And I'm really glad that we're reading it. So Yeah, this would be, this would be one of, this is probably, I mean, I guess World Trigger's also in that spot, but in my mind, this is definitely one of the like irregular series I look forward to the most. I think it helps that it's kind of like three times a month as opposed to once a month, like most of the other irregular series. But I definitely enjoy Kaiju number eight a lot. Keeps it in your mind, but it's enough to not get burned out. Mm -hmm. You know, there's just enough of it being spaced out that you never, that you always feel a little bit hungry for more. Yeah. And I think just perfect execution in so much it does. I think that's really what I enjoy about it so much. Yeah. Uh, Mashal Magic and Muscles, another series that started this year. Uh, this year. Mm-hmm. One of our favorites overall. Yes. I think, As, I think it's an excellent series. Um, it's one of the ones I enjoy reading the most. It's usually the one I save for last, even after One Piece. Really? I'll usually, because cool. there's very rarely a time where I finish a chapter of Mashal and I'm disappointed. The worst I can have is just be like, that was an okay chapter. I wish it had been funny or something like that. But there's so many chapters where I'll, at the end of it, be like, this was phenomenal or something like that. And uh, yeah. uh, Ninja gave like a list of all these different little stats. And he's like, uh, Chris's overwhelmingly most like MVP series was Mashal. And it wasn't even close. Like it was it yeah. was uh, pretty ridiculous in comparison. But I, I really enjoy it. It's such, it's just such a great series. Yeah. Uh, so we're just going to mention this one real quick. Mission Yosakura family. It was in the recap at the start of the year. And then we dropped it midway through the year. Um I will say this. I have continued to read it off off uh, podcast. I am glad that we have stopped reading it uh, because a lot of very exciting things have happened and I still have zero enthusiasm for this series. So I know for a lot of people, this has been one of the better series this year. I don't fault you if you believe that. Uh, I'm glad that we took it out of the show because we would have only continued to annoy people by not having particularly strong thoughts for the series, generally speaking. Yeah, I'm sure that there would occasionally be a chapter where it'd be where we would be like, oh, I kind of like I kind of liked this, but we're just at a point where we don't really have a lot to say about it. Um, and we were just having less and less to say about it each week before we eventually were just kind of like, all right, something really big happened and neither of us really care all that much. So maybe we're not fans of this series yeah. and should stop talking about it. <laughs> Because that's, you know, what leads to the most interesting discussions is either when you're very enthusiastically positive about something, when you have a lot to say about something because you've thought about it a lot, or when you really, really hate something and you want to passionately go over that. And Yosuke family doesn't fall into any of those categories. Pretty it's much. Up to, it sometimes falls into the latter for me. 
Yeah, sometimes <laughs> sometimes a really annoying character shows up, and we're like, "Fuck this guy! I hate this guy! Why is he here?" But you know, it's not like we're upset that we're being deprived of a really good chapter because those don't really happen a lot for us. Some would say the relationship between Tayo and Mutsumi is sparkless and hollow, but you know, you don't. I mean, what is? <laughs> what are you really going to do at that point, right? Anyway, it's out of the recap now. And uh, let's uh, let's talk about my hero, Nick. <laughs> so uh, I heard I hear that there's a pitchforks and torches uh, convention going on outside Chris's house. Now. I signed out of the Discord. That way they can't yell at me. <laughs> uh, where was Mission Yozakura family? Oh, well, that was um. Was it in the middle of when every chapter was still like a comedy it a spy one, exam? It was like a one. It was like a one chapter story. I think almost all the time when it was going on. I don't know. Was it the first time that the one stalker of Mutsumi's got introduced, where he had the face mask and stuff? Uh, I don't know when the first one. No, this was actually when the two agents were still involved in the story. The the sword agent dude and the other guy. Oh, we actually kind of liked them a little bit. <laughs> yeah, they didn't really do a whole lot uh, by the end of the year, so no, you're all good. <laughs> that's how Yozakura family works, is that like, characters are introduced and then forgotten about for, until 20 chapters later when they have another one-off appearance. So, <laughs> Alright, My Hero! My Hero Academia, where was it? Yeah, where was My Hero at the start of the year? I think that the heroes were like just getting started on invading Ujiko's hospital. Okay. Am I right? They were at like, they had started the invasion. Like they were like just going for it. Uh, no, I, a little bit before that it was, this was actually like, it's weird. Like Ninja gave me the description of the chapter and I'm like, did he miss a part? Or did that chapter just have no conclusion? Uh, this was like the 1A students show off their training. Uh, Aries Horn is kind of acting up. And then it ends with uh, All Might basically talking about Deku's other quirks. Okay. So it was kind of one of the preamble chapters. Yeah. So was, I, I landed a little bit too early. Yeah. I, I guess I just feel like this this battle arc has been going on for longer than it actually has because it has felt endless so yeah i mean so that's the thing like this series is one of the ones i kind of want to talk about the most because on one hand this year is going to be for better or for worse defined by this arc because it has been almost the entirety of this year this big uh let's go after the league of villains or i guess at that point the paranormal liberation front and such a stupid name I, thank god they're going back <laughs> yeah for what it's worth quite a lot has happened by the end of the year Quite a few characters are dead. Some notable, some not so notable. Uh, there's uh, a big feel like the status quo has changed. Some big con like uh, moments happened. Uh, and I, I genuinely feel like this year would have been more memorable to me. I, no, I, sh I shouldn't even say it like that. I think I will enjoy thinking back on this year more when we aren't recapping it week to week, because I think this was an exhausting series to read week to week, because so often it felt like things weren't changing uh, simply because the setting was the same throughout the entire year. Uh, a lot of the major characters stayed the same throughout the entire year. Like Shigaraki is the main antagonist and has basically been a major antagonist of the series since like of like this year, since like 
April or something like that, you know, whenever he finally woke up out of his chamber or whatever. Um, I think this is a series, and I mentioned it earlier, that I will have a different thought on this considering how we digest it for the recap. And I I do think I was too harsh on this series throughout the year. I think I've come away thinking there are moments that I should have enjoyed it more that I was too negative on just because I was like, I didn't like this chapter in this moment and didn't have enough patience to kind of just let the moments develop. I think that being a fan of the series really helps on this stuff. Uh, So that has helped me be overall more positive on this than you, but I have definitely had my problems with my hero academia and we have discussed them at length whenever they pop up. But to your point about, appreciating this more when we're not just going through it week to week. I think that there's going to be stuff ahead that we will, that will be better because we went through the stuff that happened Mm -hmm. this year. This is probably going to provide the seeds for more dramatic stuff that happens down the line. This was, you know, a lot of important stuff did happen, but it was not the, it was still building stuff, even though it didn't feel like it at the time, maybe, uh, also, I uh, guess that uh, this this uh, arc has uh, provided My Hero Academia fans with a big comic crossover event and all the <laughs> weight that goes with that. And if you liked it, then I guess you'll probably like some event comics. And if you didn't like it, then you probably shouldn't check out event comics. So. <laughs> all right, let's move on, Nick, to uh, One Piece. Yep, One Piece. One Piece I have a relatively good idea where it was, but I'm not sure if I have this exactly. I think we were just beginning the Odin flashback. Because I remember that like the end of the Odin flashback was like sometime in March. So we couldn't have either been too far into it or too far from getting into it. Uh, Something very specific happened in the chapter at the start of the year. A very specific chapter. It okay. Uh, it was the Laugh Tale chapter. The one that ended with the idea of oh, yes. Gold Roger and the, the journal basically revealing that the final island's not called Raftal. It's called Laugh Tale. And all of them laughed and laughed about it. Um, oh, right. That flashback was actually very long. It? <laughs> yeah, it was a very, very long flashback. Uh, I remember at the time saying to myself, I was like, oh, this is going to make it real easy for Nick at the start of next year nope. because it was such a big One Piece chapter. Underestimated the length of a flashback. But I'll, I'll say it this time. Nick's definitely going to remember it because next year is going to start with chapter, chapter 1000 of One Piece. So it shouldn't be too hard. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's been some pretty cool stuff. Uh, I think One Piece was a very strong year at points. But at the same time, good God, is it is it has been a gauntlet. People were observing when Chainsaw Man ended that like it started while uh, the Wano arc was going on. And now that it's over in Jump, the Wano arc is still going. It's like that's just how long we've been here. Yeah, yeah. There's uh, quite a few things where you're just like, good Lord, so much has happened. But at the same time, nothing has happened. Uh, If you are a fan of One Piece... Uh, I would say this year's probably been better for you than probably in the same way my hero kind of was. If you really like One Piece, you're probably able to enjoy this year a lot more because there's actually been a lot of very small details that are pretty exciting for the world. Uh, but One Piece is also a series that just feels unrelenting at times. I don't think we 
I can't remember when the Odin arc ended, if we started a new act or not. I think we did because that it, was right around where the uh, that it was right around there. I think I'd like to hope so, because I'm like, I don't think we spent an entire year in one act, but we might have. So uh, we will see. Uh, but I, I think generally One Piece had a very, very good year this year. The the Odin flashback in particular, uh, the end of it was, was uh, I think, exceptionally done. Samurai 8, Nick. Samurai 8. Oh, <laughs> so I legit miss Samurai 8 being part of the, yeah. the podcast because it was like always bad, but it was always a tolerable level of bad while also being hilariously incompetent like in so many different ways i am pretty damn sure that we were in the midst of god now that was the okay so i i have to remind myself that the final part of samurai 8 was very short yes because it was accelerating it had to be accelerated towards its conclusion so i know that we must have been on like the bounty hunter planet place uh-huh. Uh-huh. the one that involved um the guy with the fake super, name super super evil ben yes yes ben <laughs> and it was we were wondering as as it was clearly grinding down if that guy was going to be made out as the final villain and then when he wasn't we were like how much longer is this going to go oh this <laughs> this fight lasted like two chapters <laughs> And I know that the final betrayal of all that happened this year because that made like that's made like what the fuck list moments lists uh, that people have put up. So Sanda, that was his name. (laughs) My God, I am going to guess that we got the flashback to Sonda's past where he found out how like his mom and dad had like killed each other because Ben manipulated them. Uh, basically right around that point, uh, Ben had his thing stopped, uh, send the silent, let Sonda go cut off Ben's head for transport. And the, the ship is moved and reveals the stupid winky face planet. No, thing. That was the first. <laughs> of the year, the yeah. <laughs> All right, so I was a little bit late, I think. Yeah. So, uh, look, you you already said it. I miss Samurai Eight. I wish it was still going. Um, it's just such a joy. Yeah, it's it was just such a fucking stupid series, and I kind of love it. <sighs> Great. All right, Spy Family, Nick. I. Ooh. Was this the part where? Oh, I don't have any confidence in this. But was this the part where Anya like discovered the bomb? Um. Well, no, the, God, I guess that's gonna have to be it. I don't know exactly when Bond came in and if Henry Kaneinger was a joke we made this year or not. It it was. So I, you actually nailed it right on the head, pretty much. It was uh. The whole thing with like the getting the dog arc, uh, Anya goes off and like she basically gets intercepted by like the terrorist leader, and then Bond saves her. Woo. So you pretty much got it. 
What have you thought about uh, Spy Family this year? I don't think this has been a particularly strong year for Spy Family. I mean, it's only been like a year and a half old or whatever. But uh, mm-hmm. I will say I didn't enjoy Spy Family as much as I did previously. Uh, and I think a large part of that is just because it's monthly. So each chapter kind of hinges upon a little bit more. And the fact of the matter was that that like tennis arc with uh, Nightfall or whatever. Yeah, uh, yeah. that was just a, a low point in the series for us. Uh, yeah. So I, I still genuinely enjoy it. I, I still genuinely come away having fun with it. And there have been some, I think, particularly great chapters, essentially. Uh, but I, I did not have the strongest thoughts or feelings towards it this year. Yeah, um, people in the chat are pointing out it actually comes out every two weeks. But yeah, it does sometimes feel like it only comes out once a month. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's uh, and I think it's partially because there's been a number of uh, uh, times this year where instead of getting a chapter, we've just gotten like a, an illustration. Yeah. So I think that there have been a number of points this year where we've only gotten one actual chapter once a month. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that does contribute to feeling like it wasn't as good as last year. It's still been a, a an enjoyable series. I love, you know, just having it around in general and it's really glad I'm really glad to see how successful it has been because I mean the the lot of stuff's come out about like how successful it actually is while having no anime adaptation yet. Um but it just isn't as good as it was last year. Just, you know, haven't had like as consistently a good time with it. And I think part of that is having longer story arcs more consistently. Uh, so there's not like a bunch of, you know, just like really good little chapters. There've been a few, yeah, but not as many. Uh, we're at a point where like a chapter came out. We're not going to talk about the chapter, uh, that came out this week, but it was a really good chapter. I, I quite liked it. Um, and I'm looking forward to, you know, what the hell happens with this new character and stuff, but it wasn't as good, but <laughs> do like, don't, I don't like spy family overall any less than I did uh, at this point last year. Yeah. So, uh, Nick, let's talk about the promise. Neverland. <laughs> so it was bad this yes. year. Um, where, at where what point, it? what point was its badness at the start of this year? At what point? Yeah. Was it? What, 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 what was I think we were already pretty fed up with it. Yeah. So. That's what I mean. Like at what point in that blend of badness was it at that point <laughs> at the start of the year? In the terms of the plot, I think it was like the end of the fight with Lagrov of Lube, the queen. Cause I don't think the stuff with the other demon sect happened this year. I think that that was actually last year. Uh, you're just a, a tad bit early. The queen was killed at the end of last year. And then the start, oh. the start of this year was basically Ratri taking over and like, kind of like what taking over. Character he was. <laughs> <laughs> I do not know if there has been a series in weekly manga recaps history that has turned my ability to enjoy it on so much of a dime yeah. as the promised Neverland. Like there's series that had kind of disappointing endings that I just like kind of go along with, but promise Neverland. Like I've almost ejected it from my consciousness. Like I, I, every time one of these side chapters comes out, I'm like, I don't care. Uh, every time somebody references it, I'm like, I don't care. People recommend it. I'm, I actively am like, no, because the ending is really, really stupid. Like there's, there's the anime is still going. Like people are still really excited second about season, it. Second season is coming out soon. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's, there's actually a lot of really exciting things, but 
I like I have zero interest in like thinking about the promised Neverland anymore. That's how bad I hated that last like year of the series, year and a half. No, it's been very weird to see it all happen and like see the world realizing what the promised Neverland like is as we're at, we were at the point in the series where it was just bad and we had just turned on it so much because literally every time that I saw someone get excited over promised Neverland for one reason or another, the way the anime plays out, even just like how catchy the opening theme of the first season, of the anime is, I'm just like, it's going to get bad guys. You're not going yeah. <laughs> to like it as much. They all pick up guns and stop being smart. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty much. Yeah. It's a disappointing thing. I, I wish I, could enjoy promised neverland but it, it, i just can't enjoy any part of it anymore even the parts that were ph- phenomenal it just all gets ruined because i remember how bad the rest of it is yeah and the, even whenever it introduced late on some plot elements that were kind of interesting it just didn't really do anything with them like the one sniper girl uh ash i think uh, or something ash a, yeah ash or a, a ash or something like that they explain you know like what she's all about and then like she does nothing and i'm all right i'm glad we got to know this character i guess (laughs) all right nick let's talk about seven deadly sins seven deadly sins uh i think it ended like february or something this year it ended very early on so i think that we must have been in the final battle when we began the year so actually a little bit before that this was still when arthur was fighting against like the monsters of chaos or whatever Oh, right. That was a <laughs> although I can't remember if that happened before or after the final battle, actually. I think that was actually after the final so that battle. might have been afterwards. Yeah. So it was a thing that happened because I was like, no, yeah, I think you're right. And I was like, there wasn't enough chapters on a weekly basis for there to be a whole long arc after that. So I think there was just like some weird, stupid. Yeah, there was like some weird, stupid, like six chapter detour after the like manga was very clearly done to be like. Because there was that moment after the final battle where it was like revealed like Arthur's here in chaos. And we're like, is this going to be like a side series or yeah. something? Like, Are we launching into a new plot arc? It's like, no, no, there's just one last little plot element we have to wrap up. Anyway, bias can <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Seven Deadly Sins. It barely counts for this year, but, you know, not really a great end of the year kind of a thing that was there. I guess the the most important thing I could even say about the Seven Deadly Sins this year is it released a mobile game that was extremely stupidly popular and then fell off the face of the earth and now does like weird as fuck crossovers i think they're supposed to be like a stranger things crossover <laughs> like a collab event and i'm just like what all right <laughs> all right uh time paradox ghost rider nick yeah so this was one that i had very high hopes for and then uh right around the time i think that i argued that we needed to i think that we kind of just like came to the realization of like all right this is at the very least going to do something different. So we should keep on talking about it. And then about three or four chapters after that, it started to get really stupid uh, as it was like, Oh, well you have to, you know, keep writing this manga in order to make sure that uh, I know doesn't die. And I was like, yes. <laughs> and I called it 100% accurately. Yes. I was like, 
this either going to make it great or is going to be the most enjoyably stupid shit ever. And it was very enjoyably stupid. And it ended on an emotionless robot being the one behind it all. <laughs> but it also cried and was very and was clearly like deeply loved. I know and wanted to save her life, but it didn't have emotions, but it cried. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I it, It's such a fucking joy. But yeah, I'll miss it. I I think it's the one I'm the most sad is gone of like the series we picked up and then ended this year. Um, it it was just a treasure. Mm -hmm. All right. We never learn Nick. So what helps me with this is knowing (laughs) that each of the girls arcs was nine chapters long. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) you could do the math on this one. Do the math. So I think that it must have been when they were gearing up to take the final exam. Like, I think that they might have uh, it might have been right around the point where like Uyghur of like falls down the stairs um, that uh, this, the, this this year it began. Nick, you had the ability to count. And this is the one you are by far the furthest off. Really? We were. It's the ski trip. They're done with exams by this point. Okay. We're, we're, we were like a couple chapters into the uh, the Yuruka arc at this point. That doesn't add up at all because there's 52 <laughs> weeks in a year. And that was for you. Well, let's see. Breaks, breaks. Uh, I guess it depends on where you start the Yuruka arc. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I mean, come on, Nick. It's it's the, it's only one of the routes. It's not canon. <laughs> it just naturally well, well, transitioned was, exactly from weird. where it was. That one was weird because that sequence of events is not just like the ebony mermaid princess Shimmering, or whatever the yeah. hell it's called. There was something else that happened that kind of directly fed into that. It was like the, the, the exam, everything like that. And then basically after their exams, there's a chapter where Ruka effect, like officially confesses. And it feels like after that point is when the Aruka arc starts, but technically it did start before. I feel like there was a chapter that wasn't named the Ebony Shining Mermaid or whatever. There were only 45 that was... chapters that we never learned this year. Hold on. 52. Hang on. So <laughs> if there were, if there are four weeks, we never learned must have just had a week off at some point, at least. There must have been at least one issue, John, where there was just no, we never learn. Okay. I'm satisfied with, okay. with with that explanation, but I'm just like, I, when I know, like, hold on, 45, 52, so there's two months for stuff to happen, but if I start pairing them away, I'm like, all right, I'm fine with being wrong. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> As uh, Jackie is mentioning, there were also weeks off from the pandemic. Yes. So that uh, is part of it, I guess. All right. Uh, what do you honestly feel about We Never Learned This Year, Nick? So considering that it was all just the endings, um, primarily I was kind of just I just I still feel disappointment that this uh, to sensei didn't just like decide on an ending for the series and then just make that the ending. I understand this whole like visual novel element. It's like if all the different sects of the fandom have a different favorite girl, then you want to sell them all a different volume, basically. And I understand that. Mm-hmm. But it makes it overall a less interesting narrative to read through if you're not approaching it from that perspective, which did not seem to be the point for the other three quarters of the series, which was disappointing to me. 
if I look at things purely from the perspective of the manga we just got this year, it's still mostly positive. And uh, looking at the statistics that were brought up to us, I think that like we never learned was like one of my favorite series this year, purely in terms of like which chapters I liked each week. And that makes sense when you consider like, okay, we had a very good Asumi plot arc. We had a very good Uruka one. Fumino's was pretty good. Uh, the other two, whatever. Um, they were there. <laughs> so I still mostly feel positive about, you know, the stuff that we got. But because the Kirisu stuff and the Ogata stuff were not good in general, mm-hmm. that makes me feel like this whole experiment was not really worth it and does not make me any less salty about the inability to decide on an ending and just do it. So. Yeah, I think this is going to be a year where I'm going to have complex thoughts on We Never Learn. Uh, we Never Learn had some phenomenally great high points. Uh, there's certain chapters in here that I'd be like, these might be the best chapters of the year of any series. Like they're they were just phenomenal. Uh, but there's there's always going to be kind of this baggage that goes along with it. You're like, even if you ignore the fact that there were other arcs that weren't great, and even if you ignore the fact that there's one that was really problematic, it, it's just the fact that there were there was this weird non-committal energy to it that is on one hand very ambitious but on the one hand just feels so against the idea of it just didn't feel right i guess um it, it's going to be a complicated one to really process my yeah. thoughts on it felt like having all five of the endings individually devalues each of them because uh-huh. it's just like hey there's one where you know this girl hooks up with you and it's like it treats them as like you know it makes you more acknowledge the fact that they're fictional characters. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yeah. All right. World trigger, Nick. World trigger. I have. Oh, um, so, <laughs> uh, so oh, I were they still in the draft? <laughs> no, <laughs> no. I am thinking that they must have been on that final rank wars battle that involved Tamakoma 2. Uh-huh. Uh cuz I think that Yuiga's big hero moment and also Chika's big finally shoot someone moment happened this year and they were pretty early this year. Where in the flow of that battle the start of the year was, I have no idea though. Uh I'll give you this. Uh, a team was eliminated in the chapter. Could you tell me which team? No. Okay. <laughs> it was a coma squad. Uh, so okay. we were a little bit before Yuma and Obishima hadn't yet squared off yet. Um, and basically, they, we still had the uh, uh, Chica moment and uh, Uega moment. Like, there was a lot to still do. Um, World Trigger had a weird year. And I yeah. guess it's just the, this is just the nature of World Trigger now where because of uh, Ashihara's health chapters are somewhat kind of like a crapshoot as to whether or not they're going to come out, whether or not we're going to get one or two. Sorry, Osamu, not Yuega. In my mind, he's just they're the same character, <laughs> the same character. Um, you know, you never know if you're going to get one chapter or two or none. Um, and because World Trigger absolutely refuses to change its pace, no matter yep. what, uh, stuff will take forever. Like, not a lot actually happened this year when you pulled no. away. You're like, the Rank Wars ended. We watched another Rank War fight for, for some, some reason. reason. <laughs> uh, we got the huge details about yeah. uh, Galapola and Rajin Maru and Yotaro, like all that stuff. 
And then we did a draft. And it's yeah. like a lot, but you're like, we have not yet fucking even remotely started sniffing the away team mission yet. We would, no. It's just not happening yet. Even if we now have a quarter as much World Trigger as we did when it was a weekly series, it's still infinitely more World Trigger than when it was on yes. uh, hiatus because of Ashihara Sensei's health. So I will take what I can get. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I love it. I, I love it. It's still one of my favorite things when I'm like, all oh, right, there's a World Trigger chapter this week. And the moment with Osamu is legitimately maybe one of the best moments this year of manga. It, it, it was such a satisfying Very final sad. like payoff. Uh, and then finally, Zip Man Nick, 24 Zip Zip. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that did happen. <laughs> uh, Zip Man premiered like very, very late last year. Yes. So we must have been on like chapter three or something like that. A L- little later. We were on chapter five at the end of last year, okay. at the start of this year. So I think that chapter five, I believe that that is the one where like his friends been like kidnapped and the school like it's transformed into a tower that he's got to climb up through. A little earlier than that. This was the chapter where like he meets that cosplayer girl or whatever. Okay. And then I it ends with the that thing. Was chapter four. So. Yeah. It, you're like at the same point. Yeah. It, look, there's not a ton to say about Zip Man. It was a kind of fun series, but unfortunately it did not have a very powerful reception and moved to we're getting cancel mode really quickly. Yeah. 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 Um, there's also one other series that you forgot about, Chris. What series is that? Maguchan. Oh, I wasn't put in this list for some reason. It started this yeah. year. Uh, I think that overall we are both positive on it. I think that I like it a bit more than you do, but it kind of depends on what character is getting the focus in the chapter. And I think that as we've gotten to know the characters more, we've gotten to like most of them a bit better. I say most. There are still some that's like, all right, I don't really want to <laughs> focus on on you, a cult club girl. But uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I will say this. Um, I have turned around because I, 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 I mentioned before, like some of the stuff I patted myself on the back for getting right. I was very wrong about Mongo Chad. There was a yeah. point where I was convinced it was getting canceled. I did the whole congratulations joke background thing with it and everything. It's not. It's doing very, very well now. It looks like it's going to be sticking around for at least the immediate future. Who knows? Jump is a very fickle beast. And as 2020 showed us, nothing really should be counted on forever. Uh, But it does not look like it's in any danger. And I have come away at the end of the year enjoying Magu-chan significantly more. There was a point where I was kind of almost the the, level of like, I don't know, maybe we should just take it out of the recap because... There's just not much to say, but I, I think I have enjoyed it enough now that I'm I'm happy to discuss chapters of it each week. I think it was basically like when the volumes, the first volume came out and the people who like cute mascot characters bought, bought it up. That it was like, oh, all right, I guess we should keep this and push it some more. Yeah. But yeah. Glad to have, a, have, it, have it in there, especially because it kind of changes up the stuff that we get to talk about each week. So, Nick. What would be, or I guess we could save it for the end of the the episode, All right. or we could do it here. I I, I don't know. Do you want to do it? Like, I what was your series of the year? Uh, I, th- I I'll go ahead and say what I think my favorite series of the year was. Oh wait, no, never hold on, never mind. There is a spot for it in the 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 awards, so we'll we'll save it for there. Oh, okay, 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 okay. We'll All right. So we'll, we'll start with our superlatives. Now there's a whole bunch, and Ninja X3i has done a phenomenal do- job setting everything up. 
There is a ton of stuff. There are even like awards that we have no involvement in that mm-hmm. there's tons of votes for and tons of stuff. So really like, rewards uh, that are voted on by uh, the people in our community. So, yeah. So I, I would definitely go check those out. Uh, make sure to vote in them too, because there are some phenomenal stuff out there. Uh, but that said, let's start by giving out some of our supplemental awards, starting with the best hero in jump this year. Yeah, this is a, it's a tricky one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that uh, the one that's kind of paired with this one was a lot easier for, for me to decide on. And uh, I don't know. I'm not very confident in anyone that it could be, honestly. So why don't you go first? Uh, so a bunch of the names that are out there, Mash from Mashal, Odin from mm-hmm. One Piece, Osama World Trigger, Denji from Chainsaw Man, Aki from Chainsaw Man, uh, Magu from Magu Chanda are all out there. I think... The one that strikes out to me, Mutsu Matsuri from Akashi Triangle, the one that sticks out to me over the course of the year would probably be Mash from Mashal. I think Mash has just been such a fun lead to follow, and the couple moments where he really shows off his his like his hero qualifications have stood out. You know, those moments where he'll kick a bad guy and it's so satisfying. Um I, I think have been great. Like if I was to say who's my favorite face this year, it'd probably have been Mash. I think I'm going to have to go with MASH 2. Um, I'm not quite... I don't know. I'm not quite satisfied with it, but when I think about all the other characters in the series, the only one that I think actually kind of comes close in terms of, like, a consistently interesting heroic character to follow has probably been Denji. Mm. Um, Osamu had the big moment at the start of the year, but World Trigger, there hasn't been a whole lot going on otherwise. So I think that in terms of, like, the hero, the protagonist character in, in the manga that we cover that I most associate with the stuff that we've talked about this year, it is MASH. Yeah. So, uh, the audience, by the way, picked Odin as their character, as their hero of the year. And I could totally see that. I think that would probably be like my number two in terms of everything else. Uh, the best new character, Nick. So a character that was introduced this year, uh, someone like MASH, someone like Quan from Chainsaw Man, uh, Stanley from Dr. Stone, uh, Yamato from One Piece, uh, Kobeni's car from Chainsaw Man. There's a lot. There's a whole bunch of characters here. Sakamoto from Sakamoto Day has got a recommendation somehow. <laughs> Look, there's some actual good ones. I think uh, Suzu from Ayakashi Triangle. A lot of people have really enjoyed her. Uh, Noct, okay, Nature Boy Ric Flair from Black Clover has oh, ended up being a name. pretty good character. Magu hey. um, from Magu Chan. Like there, are, I think there have been some very, very good characters this year. Yeah, uh, mine is going to be Stanley from Doctor Stone. Okay. I think that once we got a look at who he was and got a demonstration of his personality, we were both just like, "Yes, this guy is a badass." Uh, and uh, he carries out assassinations on behalf of his science boyfriend, and that's really, really cool. I, If I had to choose a runner-up, I would say Yamato. I think that Yamato has been a character that I've been really interested in, but his time hasn't really come yet, unfortunately. Mm. We've been given the introduction. We haven't been given the payoff yet. Whereas with Stanley, I think that he's just kind of like, even though he's around and he hasn't been given his final big stand moment or anything like that. He's had more standout moments than Yamato has had. So. Uh, I can understand that. I think Yamato is maybe a next year character. I don't think I know enough about Yamato this year to give him 
my character of the year, new character of the year. Uh, Stanley is a really good one, but I think I'm going to go with if I if I think about all the characters, I think Suzu's the one that I'm honestly I think is like my like the most memorable character of this year is definitely going to be Suzu. I think for me, this like relentlessly aggressively horny main female character she just has this distinct energy that nothing else in the series matches like or in the in the recap there's just no one like suzu in any series and i i, I guess i just i i enjoy having that kind of energy in the magazine the fact that like, there was a moment she's like i guess i have to fuck Matsuri right now and she starts whipping off her shirt and he's just like what are you doing and she's like oh, oh you know was hot. Was hot. <laughs> And they're just like, and the author being like, I didn't think I'd have to draw this, but I thought about who she was as a character, and I was like, no, she's that thirsty. <laughs> like, it's just something that I kind of enjoy. In a world, in a genre, I guess, full of characters that you understand why they don't get hooked up with the protagonist early on, it is in a way actually incredibly refreshing to be introduced to a female character who knows what she wants and is willing to go after it while not going to the point of just being a full on 100% is horny all the time character. It's like she gets into, into situations where that kind of switch gets flipped and she's like, I'm going for this. And she just does. (laughs) Uh, There is a tie for the audience's pick with this Uh. one, a three way tie between mash Yamato and Kobeni's car. <laughs> you knew the meme couldn't possibly end. And I can't be angry because we swarmed the Shonen Jump pill before with honey mustard. So it's all fair. It is kind of fun to see when memes like that are just like enjoyed by like every part of the fandom, as opposed to like, you know, when My Hero Academia gets joke votes, it's like, you know, Deku's true. And it's like, I don't know if anyone makes that joke in the English-speaking <laughs> fandom, but it's a big thing. <laughs> uh, all right. So the best new technique or power. Uh, so there's a couple good ones in here. Andy and the way he uses his regeneration to fight from Undead Unlock. Uh, Yuma using the scorpion pinball. Uh, this one I did not understand. Miracle's Luna. I don't know. I think she spun and cut and like kicked. I don't know why that one. <laughs> she crushed someone with her thighs. Yeah, so. I, that's all people really want out she of her, does right? Hurricane Rana, I think, is this the, the exact technique that, um, that it's called. Osamu's uh, trick with the asteroids in there. Uh, Denji's power of light move. Uh, a couple of mashes attacks, and then like uh, Nature Boy Ric Flair stuff. Um. I'll be honest, this is a tough year mm-hmm. for stuff. It didn't really feel like anybody revealed anything particularly cool. Um, I think I like Andy's use of his regenerative abilities, but I like most of the stuff that's come out since we stopped talking about Undead Unluck, which I feel doesn't really fit the spirit of this award. Um, so if I were to consider everything that's actually seen this year that was part of the recap it's probably going to be Osamu with the Hound, but that's not really a technique. It was like a one kind of move thing. So I don't know. I don't feel super strong about this. I am actually going to go with Osamu's guys in the Hound as the asteroid in terms of like a memory that I have with a specific like combat technique that counts as a technique. Yeah. If it is a moment of deception that that counts in my mind. So uh, the audience, by the way, picked Denji's Chainsaw Man Power of Light, where he just set himself on fire with gasoline. 
<laughs> I feel I feel less strongly about that being a technique, but I guess he did have an attack cry he, for it. So. Yeah, he did. He did name it. So, you know, this is the power of light. <laughs> all right. So let's talk uh, the best speech, Nick. There are tons okay. and we cannot name them all. Um, no. But we've all had access to this. So we've all had the ability to look it over. There are just a ton of speeches. So yeah. did you have any that stuck out to you as your favorite? Um, I really liked uh, some of I liked uh, when Makima explains what she did to Denji, uh, manipulating him, uh, you know, giving him a purpose and wanting him to have more than just the simplest things in the uh, in order to tear him back down. Uh, I liked uh, Kaido's big speech about how much he actually kind of respected Odin, but you are not worthy. You can't even make the old scar throb mm. uh, or you can't even pierce the old scar rather. Uh, but my favorite was one that we got very early on in the year, which was the handler Sylvia's speech in spy family where uh, she says is talking down to the, you know, these like college students who've tried to uh, commit terrorism. And she says, Hey, have you ever killed anyone before? Have you ever been killed before? Have you ever had a limb torn up by an artillery shell? Have you ever heard the sound of bones shattering? Have you ever smelled the reek of rotting flesh? Have you ever found the crushed bodies of your parents and siblings in a pile of rubble that used to be your home? Ever discovered a blown off piece of your lover stuck to a wall? Ever been so hungry you tried to eat tree bark? Ever stewed human flesh in a pot? Ever convinced yourself your enemy was subhuman so you could slaughter them like animals? Ever been so haunted by shame and regret afterwards that you cried till you puked? Ever had friends who did the same and took their own lives? Did you never learn? Did you learn nothing about war at your university? It's a very powerful speech and uh, something that I think is just is one of those things that you can like take out of the context of what's happening in the manga. And it's still just as powerful. So Uh, that's also what the audience picked as their favorite. I'm going to go with one of the ones you mentioned, though. I really, really liked Kaido's speech to the Akazaki nine of just him being like starting with this thing. I saw Odin in you. I could have let you kill me. But then I remembered that with you, people are not Odin. We will never see the like of him again. The just the specific line. It is too shallow has yeah. so much weight like that i think is the moment that has cemented kaido in my mind that was the moment he got up and he just fucking cuts off okiku's arm and you're like holy shit this is fucking real now it was such <laughs> a great moment for him i love it like just even thinking about it gets me excited and then he destroys all of them obviously. yeah and he just fucking them all and it's not yeah he just fucking crushes them enough of this all right. All right, Nick. So let's like, maybe my favorite award of the whole year. It's a great award. Yeah. The best, biggest, what the fuck moment of the year. So we're going to actually go through all of these because there's so many. And I think we'll always know where the moment happens because it's usually the one we start laughing at the most. Yeah, um, but the entire, uh, sorry, uh, trying to get all the way to the front here. So we'll start with the pointless reveal of the winking face in, in Samurai 8 where the planet over the course of three pages reveals it's a big stupid link winking face it's a very literal what the fuck moment because you're just like what 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 the fuck what the fuck's <laughs> the point of this who cares that the planet's got like a winking face when you view it from this particular angle uh there was also a moment in samurai 8 where after ranting right nominations yeah. on here yes uh after ranting how gullible sanda and his parents are ben immediately trusts him and is immediately betrayed by sanda again <laughs> after having sanda already have betrayed him twice that's kind of cheating. You you worded that in a funny way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, another 
Samurai one. Hachimo is a turtle space having a literal downward progress bar and stats menu. Another Samurai 8 one when Fudumiyo uh, shows up inside Daruba's simulation program to deliver another huge lore dump. Uh, finally, we get something that is not that, and as the promised Neverland, where Ratri escapes his bonds and runs screaming into the facility. <laughs> Up and held at gunpoint, and he just runs away and is free, (laughs) screaming the whole time. So he couldn't have been less subtle about it. It's the visual for that one that makes me laugh so hard. His stupid face. Yeah. Uh, And then afterwards, he's like, "I'll just stab her." (laughs) Shiki responding in a. response to a flashback that he pulled in track and shows memories with this gravity power which is a thing he just does occasionally now so it's, it, it's one of those ones that when you say it out loud you recognize how dumb it is and it oh man it's a really good one uh the u.s president makes a contract with the gun devil to go after makima causing a massacre uh, that was some chainsaw that's man. Kind of what the fuck? That's that. That's a what the fuck? Yeah, so. still what the fuck? But yeah, uh, the entire final battle with the Kyobi, including the random motorcycle entrance from Bone Collection. It's <laughs> a good one. Uh, Mariah the robot explains everything to Tepe and justifies all the plot holes and cries despite having no emotions in Time <laughs> Paradox. <laughs> uh, Karama. <laughs> Like, it's the new mode to nuclear fusion. <laughs> That's not mine, but that is probably, like, just on its face the funniest. <laughs> uh, oh, never mind. <laughs> uh, Momoshiki comes out of nowhere and stabs Sasuke in the eye with a, ko- a kudai. And then finally... After many dramatic developments, Chainsaw Man, Denji goes for a burger, and Kobeni is there. Uh, my actual what-the-fuck moment of the year is uh, did not make the cut on this list, which is the reveal. <laughs> Wait, was this this year, or was it last year? Either way, it might win every year for me. It's, was it the video game part? <laughs> video game no, that was that was last year. That was that was the point we read through it in the list, and we couldn't stop laughing. We were like, yeah, that's it. We didn't even finish the list. I don't think we stopped there. We're like, it has to be, because it doesn't sound dumb until you say it with your voice, and then it gets funnier and funnier. <laughs> All right, fine. If if that was last year, then okay. I guess I'll pick something else. <laughs> um, even though it's not the one we laughed the most at, what I think of like the biggest mo- in the same spirit of that moment, the one that'll stand out to me is the Mariah the Robot chapter because it's just <laughs> it's so funny to think about it of this series that was going so far off the deep end and then it had this robot god sit there and just start explaining everything and just Tepe being like why didn't you do this? He's like I tried it didn't work she always dies I don't know what you want from me you you solve it thing (laughs) someone like what happens if you just tell her to stop drawing bug ah she still dies I don't know Listen, I thought about this. Definitely. Shut up. I tried. <laughs> you can make that yours. Mine is going to be. 
less out of nowhere, but still just like it's it's just such a stupid character interaction moment. But one it's gonna be Samurai Eight again. But it's it's the moment where Ben explains betrays Sonda's parents and then is like, anyway, here's a sword, kill your best friends. And then he's shocked when he gets his head cut off. Oh god. I'll, I'll be. Uh, that's a good one. Oh yes, the other big one I thought of is Rachi because it, it makes me laugh so hard to think about. Uh, I did accidentally skip it. Uh, the audience, by the way, agreed with you about the best speech, uh, or maybe I did mention. I don't remember. Uh, but their biggest what the fuck moment is the the Kobeni uh, burger chapter in Chainsaw Man, which makes sense because uh, when we had uh, Tekking on, I believe he literally said, "I don't know what the fuck is happening after reading this chapter." So. It is, in that way, a very literal biggest what the fuck. Uh, So then we have the best two-page spread. Yeah. Uh, And there are a lot of them in here. A lot of Chainsaw Man ones, because there were some really cool visuals that happened in Chainsaw Man this year. Yes. Uh, And this does include cover pages and things like that. So, you know, there's there's those things. Um, Nick, do you have a particular favorite? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, there are just an obscene number of Chainsaw Man ones. Um, hmm. I don't know. I'm also kind of at a point where I don't know which one I enjoyed the most. Um, I don't know why the fuck the four shining stars from fucking Fairy Tale or Eden Zero made it in this list. I don't know. Fucking weird. I don't think that anything. I don't think that anything got eliminated from this. It was just yeah. I think I was told to at some point, and I was just like, "I'll get to that later." (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of funnier that I didn't do it, right? Uh, I don't like going for ones that aren't actually full two-page spreads, but I'm going to do it this time, and that's going to be when. We're in the born to boil chapter and Odin has all of the Akazaya nine held up on a plank while he takes all of the boiling. Yeah, I mean that. Yeah, it probably is that one in in terms of at least like the weight of that moment. I mean, quite literally, you do feel it where he carries everyone on him and everyone's just saying, what are you doing? I mean, yeah, I think I'm going to agree. I think that's my favorite as well. It was either that or one of the Mashal ones, but. That yeah. one's really great. Uh, and that's also what the audience picked. If you go purely way. off of like visually, this is cool. It's probably not that. But in terms of the moment that had the biggest, you know, this stuck with me, it would be that easily. Mm-hmm. All right. So now we have best twist. And there are quite a few for this one. Uh, why man being on the move from Dr. Stone. That Orochi doesn't want to rule Rano. He just wants to basically punish everybody because he was part of a clan that was persecuted there. Uh, Denjiro being Kyoshiro and uh, the the whole deal with that. Kondro being a traitor from One Piece. Uh, the actual real identity of Santa Claus. Chainsaw Man. Um, there's, 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 there's a lot. There are some that were not... I'm not, I mean, there's a lot on here. I can't mention them all. Uh, the gun devil already having been defeated. Uh, Kaido taking over Wano so he could turn into uh, Onigashima and he just fucking murders Orochi to do it. Um, there's there's a lot of really good ones on here. Did you have a favorite in the list? 
I guess I think that the one that was the most surprising would have probably been one of the One Piece ones uh, for me. But in terms of like the way that it just made sense, I'm going to go with the one where Makima has helped Denji this whole time just so she can break him because mm. she couldn't just take control of him because of the contract with Pochita. It's like when that's revealed, it's like, oh, yeah, that makes perfect sense. And then it, you know, you can look back and see like how everything was kind of set up. So maybe it's not the biggest like, whoa, I never saw that coming. But it's like, no, that's a really satisfying twist to me. Uh, I'm I'm right along the same way. Uh, the, the notion it's not a big twist, like in terms of delivery. But the moment they go into that meeting room and Makima just casually reveals, oh, no, the gun devil's already been defeated and contained. It's contained in these different like all these places have different parts of it. And suddenly it's not like we have to go out and hunt the gun like the, the gun devil. Like that's just not going to happen. <laughs> like it, it, like it's just such a big moment, but it's not dealt like treated as such in the series. It's just part of a conversation has to happen. And you're just like, oh, the entire way I was processing what the future of the series was going to be has now completely changed like i assumed there was some big showdown with the gun devil eventually going to happen and instead there's a very personal showdown with a part of the gun devil but like not the thing that was kind of built from the the very start of the series so in that in, mm. in terms of like the way the twist actually realigned the way i view things that was probably the the strongest one for me uh the <laughs> audience picked the osamu moment where he disguised a hound uh, using a disguise as an asteroid as their chap as their twist. And that's, that's a great moment too. Uh, right. Then we have best fight. So we start with the, the a rank fight that was, or the B rank war fight that was happening, which is Tomokoma two versus Namiya versus Yuba versus Sakoma, which I guess is kind of cheating, but I guess in the same way, it is just one giant fight. So what are you going to do? Uh, there was the Team 7 and Kawaki versus Boro fight from Boruto, which actually was legitimately a really good fight. Very good, yeah. Uh, Senku and Ibarra, uh, Senku and Kawaku. No, never mind. Sorry, I started reading it and I was like, never mind. <laughs> that wasn't a great not, one. We're not doing a poker fight, guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, was, was not involved enough. Not <laughs> Denji and Quan Chi versus uh, Santa Claus. Uh, Yami and Asta versus Dante from Black Clover. Uh, Denji versus, you know, Aki, Gunfiend Aki, whatever you want to call him. Mash versus Abyss. Uh, Ryusuke and Sen Senku versus Stanley in the aerial dogfight. And I think that's pretty much all of them. And then Kafka versus Hoshina. Hmm. It's weird because, like, a lot of these are like, eh, that wasn't very long. But then I think of some of the others and it's like, oh, that was very long. And <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to go with Team 7 and Kawaki against Boro uh, in terms okay. of just the action in it. I think that there were some where it was like kind of more satisfying to see what happened. I think that, you know, like Denji versus Aki was a very dramatic sequence of events. But for the exact same reason that it's so effective, I'm not going to pick it because you don't see a lot of the action that happens because, you know, you're instead getting punched in the gut by that snow snowball fight uh, hallucination that Aki's having. Like that's the thing that makes it so good is that you don't actually see the fight very much. Yeah. So I think the one I'm going to go with is the, the, the I think it's going to be the Tomacoma fight uh, from mm -hmm. the world trigger. 
it's tough because I have trouble kind of processing it, but the end of that fight and what we got this year was really good. That Osamu moment deserves like a special standout in some point. I, I think that's probably where it is. Um, the only other one that even comes close is like uh, Denji versus Aki, but that's not really a fight in the same way. Right. Like that's kind of like a spectacle. Like the you know I, you I just can't judge it in the same way. It's 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 so much more visceral in the in that way. Uh, but that's a, another one I would at least consider. Uh, the audience agreed to me though on this one, where Tomacoma uh, Tomacoma's Rank War is their favorite of the year. Yes. Uh, now let's do most improved character, Nick. Uh, this is usually a character who we didn't enjoy and then found ourselves enjoying significantly more by the end of the year, uh, though not always the case. Uh, so in this year, we have Yuno from Black Clover, Sylvia the Handler from Spy Family, who actually has a, na- a name this year, uh, yeah. Osamu from World Trigger, Chica from World Trigger, uh, Seki Joe from We Never Learn. I think we all loved her. Fucking Mirko from My Hero Academia. Aki you from... thirsty, thirsty people. <laughs> Aki from I know Shades she didn't really have a character before this year admittedly and she had some cool action sequences but come on guys <laughs> uh aki from chainsaw man suzu from ayakashi triangle Where are ayakashi triangle it started halfway through the year <laughs> and makima from chainsaw man this is easily you know for me yeah it's it has to be you know is legitimately a character i'm actually excited to read about now and i uh, he's hated not, him he's not amazing mm-hmm. but we started off this year thinking he was incredibly boring and stupid and now yeah well you kind of care that like he get that, that stuff happens that he's invested in stuff so gotta take that yep i'll note the audience uh actually uh hold on wait there yes the audience agreed you know from black clover is the character right. or our most approved character it's unanimous yes so this one i don't know if you want to do this I'll take the controls here, Chris. All right. So at the start, around the start of the year, I decided to introduce a new award segment for the show, which was the Bleach Memorial Best Severed Limb Award. Unfortunately, at some point along the way, I did not explain myself very well. The idea was that there, this was for spectacular instances of characters having a limb removed or entirely destroyed. And, uh... There was there kept on being little cases where it was like, well, does this count? Does this count? Does this count? Hey, the arm was maimed, but it wasn't torn off. Hey, uh, Dante's entire torso got blown away. Does this count? And uh, yeah, that's my bad. Uh, And it's also my bad that I didn't take especially good care to track everything that happened this year. I'll I'll name some of the instances that happened. Like, so uh, Weiss's arm gets cut off in Eden Zero. Remember that incredibly (laughs) dark moment that happens in that parallel universe? Yeah. some limbs got dropped off in World Trigger. Andy would cut off his limbs early on in Undead Unluck in order to use the regeneration to actually move around. Arthur has his arm bitten off at the start of the year in Seven Deadly Sins. There's a counting of a puppet arm being cut off in Chainsaw Man. It's like, hey, I guess that kind of counts. Mirko got her arm twisted off in My Hero Academia, which I'm not sure if it actually entirely came off, but whatever. Um... Matsukaze cut off his master's arm in that one flashback in Dr. Stone. Remember that thing that established what a great character Matsukaze was? Don't you really care who he is? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess a hand got cut off in Bone Collection at one point. Uh, I guess yeah. I'll believe you. 
Aizawa cut off his own leg in uh, My Hero Academia because of the power nullifying bullet. And uh, so it was to keep his quirk intact. And also Magu taking off parts of his body. Uh, and uh, I think the latest instance that happens was uh, Kiku getting her arm cut off by Kaido uh, in that moment that you mentioned earlier on. But for me, the reason that I didn't keep you especially good track of this from the beginning of the year was because early on something happened that was a clear winner and nothing else was going to top it, which was when everyone's in hell in Chainsaw Man and the Darkness Devil appears and cuts off literally everyone's arms. <laughs> it could not be anyone else. <laughs> like He just cuts them all off in a two-page spread and their arms spell out darkness. <laughs> I thought their arms spelled out Makima. I can't, uh, you might be right. Yeah. But it's, no, it's, you're right. It's, it is the darkness devil. Like, it has to be. <laughs> the, the audience agrees with you, by the way. Yeah. So you're in good company. All right. Now the crown jewels, so to speak, of this. Uh, let's start with best villain. Usually the more entertaining one, because, you know, villains are kind of just more entertaining than heroes a lot of the time. Plus, villains are changing week to week uh, or year to year. So for this, we have a Barad Zeno from Dr. Stone, Orochi from One Piece, uh, or sorry, Zeno from Black Clover, uh, Dr. Zeno also from, okay, that's why I got confused. Their names are basically the same. Is it Xenon? Isn't that supposed to be the difference? One of them Xenon? It's a one, it's a character i don't remember all right santa claus from chainsaw man stanley from dr stone makima for chainsaw man uh ishiki from boruto dante from vanica from black clover uh sosuke from ayakashi triangle and kaido from one piece i think you could definitely make an argument for kaido i mm-hmm. think that he was very imposing and cool orochi had the really cool like i just hate everyone thing but then you know kaido cut his head off so he became irrelevant um but i <laughs> It was Makima's year. <laughs> it, it was the year where she was just like, yeah, I'm the villain. Duh, obviously. And uh, Chainsaw Man wasn't perfect all along the way. And I think that even Makima occasionally kind of didn't look so good. You know, when she had the multiple moments of, oh, I guess we're just screwed. We're, we can't beat the Chainsaw Man. Damn. <laughs> that was the, like She gave that exact reaction like twice. But the good outweighed the bad. I think uh, for her character in particular. (sighs) Begrudgingly, begrudgingly, I'm giving it to Makima solely because, and and it's weird because like, as I'm thinking through it, I'm like, I think there was more bad in my mind than necessarily good when it comes to Makima. Like a lot of the moments people tend to enjoy more. um, I just don't have the same feelings towards, um, and I, I wanted to, for a moment, give it to Kaido, or I, there was even a moment I was like, maybe a Shiki for Boruto. Uh, but I was like, that feels like it's going to be a meme going forward. So I, I, I had to think, and I, I will say this, the moment with Makima and Denji in her apartment where power is at the door and Denji is walking to it is so effectively disturbing and uncomfortable that it's enough for me to be like, okay, I don't think anybody else was better than her this year. Yeah. Just that whole sequence where she just breaks him. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. So. Uh, and the audience agrees. Makima is their character of the year or villain of the year, I should say, which leads us just one, which is best series of the year. Uh, we already kind of went through the options that are available, so we don't need to go through those again. Nick, what was your series of the year? 
There was a, there were so many good series this year. I will note the audience. <laughs> I'll make their pick first. They pick Chainsaw Man as their series of the year. That's uh, yeah. I mean, that's not all that surprising. There was a lot of good stuff in Chainsaw Man. But this is going to be a weird one because usually when we go through stuff, if something has started like midway through the year, I don't like leaning towards that one because I'm like, oh, well, you know, maybe it'll just be good next year. And also considering that Chainsaw Man has, as we know it, is now done, um, you know, it'll probably continue. Mm. Uh, it sort of feels like I should pick that one because it ended and had a relatively strong year overall. But the last several months were kind of a mixed bag. Mm -hmm. And there was one series that was insanely consistently good this year. And that is Kaiju number eight. Mm. And that is my best series of this year. Ah. It was an incredibly joyful thing to have that series be introduced to us and to read through it and for it to be as good as it was basically every single week. So, yeah, I, I can absolutely understand that. Uh, so I mentioned a while ago in the discord uh, that Mashal Magic and Muscles is the series I enjoy the most every week. Uh, it's been so fun. Every chapter makes me just genuinely feel better. It's been there to help lift me up when I'm having like bad days and I'm having like issues and I just, I need something to like make me feel better. It's there. But, but we never learn was consistently like the, the highs of we never learn fucking stomp the fucking tits off of anything else in the magazine this year. Anything else fucking destroys it. The Asumi arc is so fucking good, I'm embarrassed. The Aruka arc has such a fucking phenomenal conclusion, it's better than anything else. But then I looked it up, and it turns out Mashal actually was running the entire year, so it actually does go to Mashal. <laughs> I thought Mashal came out you in like, like June and I was like I had a moment where like <laughs> I I had this whole thing I was going to, I was going to be like fucking we never learned was fuck when when Mashal was still crawling in diapers we never learned was fucking kicking tits and taking and then I was like oh it came out in January yeah. All right I guess it's <laughs> I guess it's Mashal you basically just did the whole thing where it's like, oh my god, oh my god, he's cashing in. Here it is, there's gonna be a new champion. Oh, but wait, the guy who cashed in is Baron Corbin, so he just gets rolled up. I'm a simp for Mashal. I, 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 I think there were a lot of very good that. series <laughs> this year. I can say it if it's not negative, I'm not insulting myself. This is a okay. moment of pride I take. Um, I, I, I enjoy... Uh, I enjoyed a lot of series this year. I think quite a few were really, really good. One Piece is another one I'd consider. And I legitimately, it, like, I was actually thinking, I think it is We Never Learn, until I got to that point where I was just like, oh, right, Mashal actually came out at the start of the year. So my whole logic of, like, Mashal wasn't running the whole year. The same way, like, you kind of had a reservations with Kaiju Number 8. Kaiju Number 8 was also one I was considering, too. Oh, yeah. Um, but I think... 
at the end of the year, at the end of the day, I'm, I, I, I think it, it has to be Mashal. It's just the series I enjoy the most, and I, I, I think consistently, it's been the one I've had the most fun with. I think that make, that that is it for like the awards that we actually go through on the show. Yes. But I do appreciate that people have documented like their favorite like moments from us talking on the podcast and stuff, like talking about like when we had our multiple different jokes about send the silent from Samurai Eight, uh, and and uh, <laughs> the angel devil complaining when he has to do things that he doesn't have hands, even when stuff that he doesn't need hands to do. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh man, I've had I've had fun stuff doing this show. So uh, yeah, yeah thanks, look I, again. I think this year has been a very good year for manga and for our enjoyment of things. There's so many things that like. As we just ended the year just being like, oh, man, I fucking loved talking Bone Collection. I love talking fucking Eden Zero stupidity and and talking all these sorts of just goofy, bad moments and great moments, too, that we, we've just been able to enjoy. So I, I really do think that in maybe a weird silver lining to the fucking death scale that was this year. Otherwise, I think this was a very good year for manga. And I'm very happy about it. I, I think the future looks bright for a lot of the stuff we talk about. I agree. Yeah. It's going to be very interesting going forward because so much of the manga that's in Jump right now is so new. Uh -huh. This is I I literally did like to make sure I wasn't like having illusions about how new all the manga and jump are. I actually did something very, very dorky and like charted out like year to year, how old all the series and jump are. And it's ridiculous. Like the median age of a series and in, in jump is, you know, less than one year. It's, yes. it's absurd. But... It's, it's like mission Yosakura is like the sixth most long running or like i think it's like the fifth now or fourth after well, we never learn ended and chainsaw man yeah the only ones that you can consider long running now besides one piece are my hero and black clover yeah. and then it's like you know yeah dr stone uh and then i think it's Yosakura family yeah i think that that's basically it it's crazy so but uh yeah i mean you can say that that makes me like oh i mean there's like nothing you know there are so few things that are like established and jump, but you know what? That also opens up like possibilities. It's like, there's all these new things that you can just, you know, follow from the beginning now. And I'm really excited to see where that goes in the future, especially because there was a lot, of, there was some stuff that came out this year that we have really enjoyed covering. Uh, and just enjoyed reading. So, yeah, I think it's a, a very exciting time. And I think we're going to have some cool stuff planned for next year as well. You yeah. never know what's going to happen. So stay tuned for that. And uh, with that, I guess that's that's the time for us to start heading off. You get on that old dusty trail. Get on that old dusty trail again. A huge thanks, by the way, again to Ninja who so has helpful. spent <laughs> spent the year basically categorizing all this. Um, you know, forgot Magu Chan, so you know, not perfect, uh, but don't let his ego get too big. <laughs> This this completely <laughs> took it upon himself task that he did doing a favor for it. But Nick, he forgot one of the <laughs> <laughs> Guys, 
this whole thing with this, all this stuff where we got to relive different moments from from the manga that we've talked about this year would not have been possible without not just Ninja X3I self, but the input of every single member of our wonderful community. And you can talk with everyone that, you know, is worth talking to that listens to this podcast. Yeah, uh, yeah I said it. <laughs> if you're not part of the Discord server, then what are you even doing? Um we have a Discord server where there are all sorts of conversations that take place, uh, talking about the manga as they come out, talking about the recommendation that we're working on, even dorkier stuff beyond that. There's the, there's a, a My Hero Academia role playing uh, server, and uh, every Saturday we play with with anyone who wants to show up. Basically, we play some Among Us on Saturday mornings. Uh, so if you wanted to participate in any of that, check out the Discord server. Ninja X3I will. I'm sure continue to keep track of all the stuff that we do. And you can find the Google doc uh, that he maintains on that server as well. We want to give also a special thanks to people who chip into our Patreon account, patreon.com slash weekly manga recap. It allows us to create bonus content for you guys to enjoy. Yes. And we want to give a special thanks to Steve Mann, our tire card artist. You can check out his work wherever boobs are allowed to be drawn. And to Winsley Del Cheddar, and Milo Jack Stillitz for creating the opening sequence of Weekly Manga Recap. We will return with more manga next year, uh, Wednesdays starting at 7-ish Eastern time, Seven, sometime between 7 and 8 is when we start recording the show. To stay updated on exactly when we begin recording, you can follow us at T, at Nick F Time, and at Weekly Manga Recap for the podcast account. And we'll let you know exactly when we start the show. Yeah. Uh, so again, thank you, everybody. You know, because of you guys, it has been a fantastic year. I hope 2021 is a better year for the world at large in quite many ways. Uh, but I'm looking forward to spending another year with you all. Uh, Ninja, next time, though, remember Magu-chan <laughs> should be on the list. I don't I don't know why I had to tell this to you twice. <laughs>